In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Doesn't matter if it's last call from a late night sidewalk, little too buzzing, little too drunk. You could have your hair down, all curled up on the couch, and the quiet ain't loud enough. No. It could be AM or PM. It could be middle of the week or the weekend, baby. It ain't too late or too far. Hi, Justin. Hello. Hey. Justin, hi. How are you? Oh my god. I'm good. Hi. How are you? Oh my god. Do you have I your computer not... with you? Do you have your computer with you? Do you have your computer with you? No, I don't have my computer with you. Do you have your computer with you? Oh my god, the one time this girl does not bring her computer with her. And Justin, like, that's just, she's like, it, you know, she, she's like, um, you know what? I've always brought my computer with me every day, but today, you know, it's always, it's so heavy. There's so many pieces. I bring the hard drive and stuff like that. I'm going to leave it home today. There's just no possible way I'll need my computer going out to eat right now. And then all of a sudden, Justin calls and he's like, do you, do you, like he's asked three times. Do you have your computer with you? Do you have your computer with you? Do you have your computer with you? Not once, not twice, three times. And she's like, no, I didn't bring it. The one day I didn't bring it. Literally, this girl at this point probably stapled her computer to her hands at this point. She's like, Justin, call me now. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. I am going to beat that do you have your computer with you into the ground. I think I got officially to a point this week that I didn't (laughs) insanely laugh at it. But there are new clips of Justin. There are new clips of Justin happening every every second, it seems like. The guy... Uh, so Justin Bieber Seasons, his YouTube special, his YouTube documentary series, just got released this week. I will not be able to review that for like another week or two, but I'm scared at the... I mean, there's... 
There's so much Bieber. I'm so fascinated with him. If anybody knows Justin Bieber, he has an open invite to come on here. We'll stream Yummy together. We'll go over fun. I'll have computers with me. We can grow little wispy mustaches together. We'll talk about like being married, stuff like that. It'll be amazing. So Justin, standing invite, standing invite. Um, how are you guys? How are you guys? That was that was a. That was a shot. That was like a really very, that was a very hyper opening. But you got to, man. When you've got computers on you, um, I do bring my computer everywhere, though. So if Justin did call me on the off chance, Justin did call, call he was like, hello, mate, it's me, Justin. If you, by the way, if you listen to that clip further along, if you listen to the full two-minute clip, he starts doing accent work. He's like, hello, mate, did you bloody stream, did you bloody stream uh, yummy? And it's like that. He's so bored with his life that he does accent work and he slips it into mid-conversation. So this poor girl is already like, oh my God, Justin, the love of my life is calling me and he, I don't have a computer. And then all of a sudden he switches accents. She's like, Justin, is this, who is, Just, Justin, hello, is this Crocodile Dundee? Who is this? Justin, it's me. I, I, <laughs> just, but I, mean, I swear to God, there's no way he, like, if she's still a fan, I'm like, what if by the end of that conversation, she was just like, ah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. There's so much good music out there today. My Spotify seems to have a good selection. I'll just, I'll go, I'll go through that and see what's good. Um, so you guys, speaking of that, I have a Spotify playlist of sad songs. Uh, so sad. It's good. Volume one. Go, uh, you can subscribe. You can add songs. I know uh, a couple of my friends are starting to add their own songs to that playlist and I can't wait to check those out. So it's just going to be a big bouillabaisse of sad songs. We usually do sad songs at the end of the show, but, but today I, I want to be happy today. I want to be happy. And sometimes those sad songs make me sad as intended. So today it's going to be so glad it's good. So glad it's good. Um, that is going to be at the end. I'm going to play a fun, upbeat song, a song that I flipping love. You know those songs where you put it in the car and you're like, you need that energy to like go work out or to go face your day or to like pump yourself up. This song that I'm going to play at the end of today is that song for me. It is so in my head, so good. You know those songs that you just, you're like, oh, this song is made for me. This song touches the DNA in, in me. And I just, I love it. So, um, guys, <laughs> Hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Um, so go uh, go subscribe. Go rate the podcast if you like it. Tell your friends all that stuff as usual. You can email us at, email us at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Thank you for your emails, uh, all of your emails. And thank you. Um, uh, and follow us on our Instagram, so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. It, uh, it's a lot of fun, and I love interacting with all of you guys. Um, so, and I do, I, by the way, I don't take that lightly. I think if, if you do reach out to me, I do, I do talk with you guys. Um, so what else? My mom is coming in town tonight. I'm at work right now. I'm on my break and I'm trying to like record secretly, you know? So, uh, in between like sessions and stuff at my actual job, you guys, when I did uh Tuesday show, I was done at a reasonable time at midnight and then it took me six hours. I had a computer issue. And by the time, by six in the morning, I felt like I was drunk. I like, I went to work with zero sleep. I mean, how is it? I'm in, I'm an old, old, old man. And I am feeling like I'm in college again. Not like the energy of college. I feel like I like how you stayed up all night to cram for the test that you didn't study for all semester. And then that last night you're like, I'm going to learn biology tonight. Like, damn it. If I stay up all night, I can do this. And, uh, straight C student, baby. Um, so that's like it is with this podcast where I just, 
I don't uh, I don't think ahead, and I try to keep it as as fresh and like right now as possible. Um, so that um, that's going to kill me. But uh, today, so my mom's coming in tonight. So today, I said earlier this week, today's a special episode because we have my friend Eva Ward coming on. Eva, Eva. I've never met her in person. She lives overseas. She, I met her because of – I was on Molly McAleer's podcast, Please Advise, years ago. And she was one of the first people that reached out to me um, that said they liked me on a podcast. And that was super cool. But uh, she's one of those internet friends that you have. And internet friends, as you know, can sometimes be the best friends. They – I cannot say enough great things about internet friends and she is one of them and she's a really funny person, loves reality shows. We get into all of it, but we also get into, and I'm looking around the room, we get into, um, we get into the holidays and drugs. Now I've mentioned, well, I don't know if I meant, I mentioned on my old podcast on realizing stuff. If any of you guys listen to that, I would listen, I would say how my dad, he was like a weed smoker. But like he would have me buy weed in the holidays and I'm not really a weed smoker and I would go and give that to him. But then he would hide it for my mom. And so uh, Eva has similar stories. So we are doing a story that we are doing a podcast that I recorded a couple of weeks ago looking ahead. And I think this is the right time because my mom's coming out so I can take her phone and delete the podcast off her phone. So she'll never hear this, but it's a really great uh, interview. I think a lot of you guys will recognize your own families in this because we both love our families very, very much. And it's kind of the funny stuff about being around your family in the holidays. Um, and I just, I loved it so much. So I hope you guys love it. It's a little different because it's not fully based around reality shows, but I think you guys will get a kick out of it. I really do. Speaking of that, Last Tuesday's episode, Troy McKeady, how amazing was he? We're meeting so many good people through this pod, so many, so many good, funny people out there that look at life so, so interestingly, so funny. I, I'm so lucky to know them. Okay, now on to this show. Also, also today's episode, of course, I'm going to do a solo Bachelor recap. I've never done that before. Producer Linda is going to come on and do a Jax update. If you remember, Producer Linda tried to um, uh, submit for a job with Jax, and we'll see what the update is on that. Um, and we, we, I think we're going to do a, a section on a very weird story that involves Carol Radziwill. Uh, a story that came out this week that I'm fascinated by. And also, if we have time, we're going to get into Cheer. Now, Cheer is one of my favorite shows this year so far on Netflix. I've talked about it many episodes. It's just a dang good reality docudrama series. It's not glossy. It's not like it's, – it's just good. It's real people. It reminds you of, of, of realness, and I think we need that right now. And it's in the most positive way of ways because you see these kids working hard, and it inspires you. I can't say enough good things. And everybody, I'm sure, is talking on podcasts about you know the series, and, and, and we will at some point. But I want to talk about Cheer hitting Hollywood. Now, the cast of Cheer – these kids, these real kids came out to Hollywood last week and we're on the Ellen show and we're going to go into a little bit about, um, about their time in Hollywood. We'll, we'll listen to the Ellen interview. We'll go through their Instagrams, stuff like that. But I'm really fixated on this and it's a little niche. You guys might not know it if you haven't watched it. So feel free to skip ahead. Use the timestamps as always. That first song when we came in, you guys, it's called Lonely If You Are. Lonely If You Are by Chase Rice. Now, the song we've been playing on Fridays are something Bachelor-related. And if you guys watched The Bachelor this week, Chase Rice was on it. Chase Rice was Victoria's ex-boyfriend and had to sing this song that we played at the beginning in front of her and her new boyfriend, Peter, who also dates 18 other women. How crazy is that? 
I just, I, I would never want to sing a song in front of one of my exes and their boyfriend at an amusement park. Like that's flat out. Like if I ever, if I've ever broken up with somebody, I've always said, Hey, I promise you and promise me that you'll never go on a reality series. And I'll promise you, I'll never be a country pop star and I'll never sing. So it was just, it was very painful to watch, but I want to break down the lyrics because this is interesting. It's something that I found I've had a talent for this last month. And let's, let's see if I still do. And I think I do. So this is called lonely. If you are, the lyrics to Lonely If You Are. Verse one, if it's Friday, you know I'll be kicking back with the boys down at Santa's pub. Now, what can we get from this? Oh, so obviously, if I'm reading it literally, it's Friday. So that means it's Friday. Like, So it goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we're in the Friday aspect of this. And we know this character is kicking back with the boys down at Santa's pub. Now, all of a sudden, we know this is about Santa Claus. and But it's a different Santa than we know because Santa also owns and operates a pub. And it's different. It's not a nightclub. It's not a, it's a pub. So it's like, it's, you know, a pub. It has probably a jukebox, you know, just older people just enjoying a pint, uh, just, you know, probably lager, beers, IPAs. So it's Santa Claus's pub. And this guy is kicking back there. And so now I'm thinking, is he an elf? Is it one of the elf? Was it Santa's elf kicking back at Santa's pub? So, but then it kicks back into this whole other thing. It goes, but don't hesitate. Don't even think about waiting. Nah, just type it up. Yeah, I'm ready. If you're ready or wondering, Stop thinking, hit send. What the heck could that mean? But don't hesitate. Don't even think about waiting. Nah, just type it up. Yeah. So what I think, I think this elf is trying to quit being Santa's helper. And he, I think this character is at odds with himself. He's like, hey, hey, just do it. You know you want to be an artist. You know you want to do art things. You don't want to be Santa's toy maker. Don't hesitate. Don't even think about waiting. Just type it up. And that's your um, your terminate, like just I'll, I'm giving my two weeks notice. So that's what he's typing up. And he's talking, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, I'm ready if you're ready. And I think he's talking about the other, you know, we have two sides of ourselves. Like, hey, Ryan, you can do this. You think so, Ryan? So that's what he's doing. And he goes, wondering, stop thinking, hit send. So he hits send. He just put in this two weeks notice with Santa and it's like, damn, dude. So if it's Friday, you know, I'll be kicking back with. Okay. So then the chorus goes, this is where it. Wow. Doesn't matter if it's last call from a late night sidewalk, a little too buzzed, a little too drunk. You could have your hair down all curled up on the couch and the quiet ate loud enough. Nah, nah. It could be AM or PM. It could be middle of the week or the weekend, baby. Now, what the heck? How does this involve Santa? Now I think it's not in Santa. Now I'm realizing, wait a sec, Ryan, you might be way off. All of a sudden, have you guys seen the show You on Netflix about that good-looking serial killer? Spoiler alert. uh, There's a show on Netflix where he's a serial killer. And I, so then all of a sudden, I don't, you know, when I said he wanted to be an artist, now I'm realizing he wants to potentially be a serial killer, I, I think. And so, like, he's going... If, if you read it, it's really scary. It goes, doesn't matter if it's last call from a late night sidewalk, a little too buzz, a little too drunk. You could have your hair down, all curled up on the couch, and the quiet ain't loud enough. Nah, it could be a.m. or p.m. It could be middle of the week or the weekend, baby. This guy is obsessed. This guy is obsessed with this girl or guy. And he's like, whatever. I don't care. I want all of it. I want hair down. I want hair up. I want all. I want AM and PM, which if you think about that, that's 24 hours, 24 hours a day. He wants it. And he goes, it go, it, it ain't too late or too far. 
Just call me because I'm lonely. If you are, if you are. Yeah, I'm lonely. If you are, if you are, if you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm lonely. If you are. That's aggressive behavior. Like that's aggressive behavior. And we've all seen it. We've all been there. We see the warning signs. And the thing that scares me, does this guy or girl that he's talking about, I hope she has a close knit group of people that won't let her be out. You know, they're just always watching her because this is, I'm very scared for whoever he's writing this about because he's just like, uh, you know, he's very, very aggro. And I just, I don't personally go, I don't like that. Then first two, let's see if this gets better. Like let's, I'm very scared. It goes, if it's Monday and it's over, you know, the show your girls all come over for what show is, is that like Vanderpump? No, it's Monday. Do you, this was written a couple of years ago. Monday Vanderpump rules was like Monday night. Or it could be The Bachelor. The Bachelor's still on Monday. Vanderpump Rules used to be on Monday. Is Which show do the girls all come over for? And she, and then he goes, and the red wine's getting lower and your last friend's out the door. Oh, my God. I bet he's about to say he's in the house. I bet he's in the house. I bet he's in the house. When there's no more roses to go. Oh, it's The Bachelor. He wrote this about the. Whoa. When there's no more roses to go around, hit me up, girl. You know I'm down. And I'm in your corner bedroom. That's what he means. That's so scary. He waited for all her friends to go. Then, then it goes, then it goes to the course. It doesn't matter if it's last call from a late night sidewalk, a little too buzz, a little too drunk. You could have your hair down, blah, blah, blah. It ain't too late. Just call me because I'm lonely. So this is crazy because he's saying this inside her house. Like imagine you're there. You've just turned off Vanderpump Rules or The Bachelor. You're tired. The wine's down. Your friends, your guy and girlfriends are gone. Your little dog Sparky is there, but Sparky is not, you know, Sparky's like one of those dogs where you're like, you're no good, Sparky. What if somebody comes in in the middle of the night? You're going to do that? And Sparky's like, you know, like when they do that with the dogs. Um, So this is like that, like Sparky's there, but Sparky's no. And then he's, then all of a sudden this creepy dude is like, he's like a little too buzz, a little too. He's like, just call me because I'm lonely. She's like, sir, what are you doing? Are you in the wrong house? Remember when Robert Downey Jr. would before, like he was, when he was all, you guys remember Robert Downey Jr. You guys are all young. You, you know him now as like Iron Man and a very successful actor. But back in the day, he was like a crazy drug addict, like still an amazing actor, but like had a real drug issue. And I'm not making this up. You guys look this up. He, he was in Malibu wasted. He fell asleep in a stranger's house on a kid's race car bed and they found him there and the police were called. Like that's not it. That's, that's not me making up that you could actually look that up. That's crazy. So this, I feel like is a little bit of that same kind of vibe. And then the bridge goes, Oh, let me love the lonely right out of you. That's fucking creepy. That is the creepiest lyric I've ever heard in lyrics to this day. Oh, let me love the lonely, like I'll love, the, I'll, I'll love the lonely right out. I'll love the lonely right out of you, girl. Like, sir, please let's talk first. Take me on a date. I'll let the love, the lonely right out of you. That's so gross and aggressive. Like, oh yeah. If you're out there and lonely girl, I'm lonely too. So let me love the lonely right out of you. Hey, hey, can I love the lonely out of you? Can I, hey, 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 you. Can I love the, if a guy said that, if a guy, girls, if a guy really said that, how would you handle it? Would you like, so a guy, you've known him like three dates, it's going good. You're starting to open up a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like three in the morning, you get a text from him and he's like, Hey, 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 Chase, I guess the girl's name's Hey, Chasey, Chasey, Hey, Chasey, let me love the lonely right out of you. And that's it. What do you do? What do you say? If you're up, what do you say? And then if you wake up the next morning and see it, what do you say? Two different ways. Oof. 
It gives me a shiver down my spine. Um, and then he goes, it doesn't matter if it's last call. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So I don't, this girl, whoever this song, this, I'm assuming it's a girl. It could be a guy too. Whoever this is, we've got to, we've got to protect him or her. We've got to watch out because this guy is after her. Shivers. This guys, this is the show. This is the show. So let me, um, let me talk right now about a little show called The Bachelor. It's a fresh start. It's a new week. Peter and I have the strongest connection. So excited! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that we're falling in love with one another. I have a surprise for Victoria. We have our own private Chase Rice concert. Oh, my God. Chase and I dated. What? <laughs> I can't do this. Tonight, there's 13 of us, so I'm going to be tackling girls to get time with Peter tonight. (gasps) Shut the front door! Drama has risen from the dead. I'm here to freaking set the record straight about what was said about me. I'm obviously being lied to by someone. She's manipulating you the same way that she manipulated me. It was like the biggest slap in the face, like I couldn't even look at you. I'm going to (sighs) go. It's all coming up next week on The Bachelor. So is this all right? It's kind of this, this bachelor, I usually have a guest, but I just, I didn't, couldn't do it this week. Um, just with the craziness and my mom and stuff. And did you guys know they're doing two episodes of the bachelor next week? They're doing a three hour one on Monday and a two hour one on Wednesday. That's, they're going to kill me. They're going to kill us. Who is asking for this? What, what person in the I mean, I'm hoping that like, Wednesday's episode is the last episode of the season. Like, that's insane. It's almost like one and a half of my podcast. Like, that's crazy. So we are on The Bachelor episode four. Um, Still just, I'm still in shock about the five hours. Um, So at the top of the show, I'm going to do a, you know, to recap here. The girls are talking about how brave Peter is and how much is going through, uh, how how brave he is for going through with the Alea being sent home. And all of a sudden, Chris Creepy Harrison pops out of nowhere, the Chris monster. He really is. He just pops out of nowhere. It's so creepy. And he, uh, is he just allowed to walk into any rooms? Does production have to push him into rooms? What's the situation on Chris Harrison? By the way, at this point, I want a, a full deep dive into Chris Harrison. Like I want to, I want to watch a show where it just follows him after he comes into rooms and talks to the girls. I want to like, I want to follow him where he's like, Oh God, I didn't, I don't think that was good. I don't, I didn't, I don't think they respect me, you know? Um, so he comes in and they, they're talking about the pool party that, that just happened where Leia was sent home. The girls are anxious. Um, but he wants them to know he's got, he's got ladies, ladies. I know Peter left. But I want you to know, Peter is still very serious about this. Don't get disappointed, ladies. Please. Peter is very much in this. He really believes his wife is in this room. It's like, God, these, everybody always needs to be reassured. Like, Peter's all right. Peter's so sensitive. He's not made for this show, you guys. So Chris says, Peter has left LA. And I, my first thought was like, oh my God, Peter's on the run from the law. Peter hurt somebody last night and he's on the lam. But no, it turns out Peter is in lovely Cleveland, Ohio. And that's the big joke. The big joke is it's Cleveland, Ohio, which is kind of offensive to the Cleveland, Ohio people. I've been to Cleveland, Ohio. It's fine. It's fine. It's great. It's fine. But like, that's like the big joke of like, so all the girls' faces are like, womp, womp. And the other thing is, do you guys know who's from Cleveland or like who's in Cleveland? One Mr. Tristan Shithead Thompson, Chloe's baby daddy. Screw that. 
Tristan Thompson's such a dirtbag. So he's there, and I'm already like, do not send 20 ladies to Cleveland. Tristan will smell them in the water, man. He'll be like, wait a sec, single ladies, what's going on? He just leaves NBA practice. So then all of a sudden, Peter, we're in Cleveland, Ohio. This poor Peter, he just does, he has the charisma of a thumbtack. He is going, you can tell the producers are like, act like you're excited. And he's like, I'm in Cleveland. Yay. And he's like skipping like a dipshit. And he's like, this is where Clark Kent was born. He's just such a dork. And this is the first time where I had a moment where I'm like, Peter is such a dork. I don't know if I can go through with watching this because he's just, he's such a dork. Like there's, I can't even imagine that he had sex in a windmill three times. Like, how did that even happen? Like, it must have just been a dark windmill and you couldn't see his goofy face. Sorry, guys. I know you all think he's cute. Um, so Peter's like, this week is full of amazing dates. And we see Peter looking at the sky of Cleveland and the train tracks. It's like they're trying to find a scenic place of Cleveland. It's very odd. It's very disturbing. And then all of a sudden, they're doing the same thing with the girls. All of a sudden, they, like, unleash the girls on Cleveland. And the girls have to do these, like, strolls. And they have to, like, run into scenes all smiling and giggly. They're like, I didn't expect Cleveland to look this nice. Which is, like, another just slam on Cleveland. Like, it's literally like, I thought Cleveland was a shithole. But it turns out there's breathable air. And so then they they all show the girls go into the hotel. And they all have to, like, run into the bed and jump into the bed at the same time. Like, at a certain point, like, I know the girls are like, like, oh, we're being Instagram stars here. This is so exciting. But there's got to be one or two girls that are like, this is corny as heck. This is really corny. I'd prefer not to be one of the girls that jumps on the bed together. So the first date card comes in, and it's Victoria F. And the card says, today our love soars to new heights, which is just like, Peter, we get it. You're a pilot. Why do you – like, I mean – like, stop with the air stuff. Like, why don't you just go, it's another thing involving a plane. Like, that should, every date card should just be like, you guessed it, plane. So, oh, I, by the way, this is the best. I watched this two times. The second time was much more enjoyable for me because you got, like, the little the little intricacies that I love. And the girls, I love the girls. They react with sadness when they don't get the first date card. You see all like, hmm, hmm. And like poor McKenna. McKenna is just all face. She just loves making facial reactions. It's really fun to watch. And first date. So Victoria's already like, oh no, we don't have to jump out of a plane, do we? And I'm like, no, you dolt. It's probably just flying. Like she always like skydive. Where what? Soar to new heights. You don't you don't soar up by skydiving. You soar down. So McKenna already doing strong face work. She's tearing up in her talking head going, he's literally my dream guy. Just hats off to McKenna this season. She's really carrying the show on her back with her crazy. Um, and by the way, how is Peter anybody's dream guy? Like you could say he's literally my dream guy look wise, but like guy wise, personality wise, they've only spent like a, a, probably like 30 minutes each with him over the course of this month. Um, and I'm like, like, She's like, and she goes, I love, she goes like, would suck if, if he couldn't see my heart, I guess. Like, would it suck? There's like a lot of other, I've like, I saw like probably like 300 guys a day just walking down the street. So she, uh, Victoria is so excited for the one-on-one. She pulls up to an airport. No shit. Like I said, he's a pilot. Victoria seems scared. Like, oh my God, no, I'm going into a plane. And Peter's like, all right, let's have a good time. And I'd be like, I'm not flying with this goof, you know? So then they find out that they're going to Cedar Point, which was 
Cleveland, Ohio's version of a theme park. No, it's just a theme park. But once again, they're just like, Cleveland has a theme park? Like, like, it's just like the whole episode, like, Cleveland has running water? They have working toilets. Wow, I thought they were like an outhouse situation. Um, So the Cedar Point, he's like, guess what? We have this whole park to ourselves. And I was like, oh my God, let me guess. Victoria doesn't like coasters. And I was like, oh, that'd be so funny if she was like all pukey. Uh, I was like, I was like expecting those kind of comedies. As I get older, I can't do the teacups. Do you know what? Like the Disneyland teacups. I can't do spins as I get older. The zoomies. I can't do that. You know, like, do you guys get that way? Is Write to me. It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Let me know. So then they're always talking like, so all of a sudden they're talking about kids Everybody's always like, Peter, having kids. And like, Victoria goes, you would be a great girl dad. And I was like, I think I'd be a good girl dad, Victoria. I think I would. I think I would be a good girl dad. But she's like, you'd be a great girl dad. And I was like, does Peter want to hear about kids right now? He's like, oh, yeah, it's cool. But like, if you're on a date, you want to be like, God, I can really picture popping a couple of kids out with you. You know, like, I feel like that should be, like, that shouldn't be one of the one-on-one first dates. It should be like, maybe later in life. It just seems like all of a sudden, like, oh, okay, we're having kids. Like, I would be like, oh, you look like you'd have a great 401k together. Um, So he's like, oh, I have the biggest surprise for her. And it's a Chase Rice concert. And I was immediately like, oh, who's that? Because I guess it's country and I don't. I'm not into pop country. I think I maybe it's one of those things that you get into older and when you're older in life, but I'm just like, I'm not a stagecoach music festival guy. I'm a Coachella music festival guy. So there's a private concert and she goes, she's like with who like, and I'm like, she must know because as you see her face walking towards, you see they're like strumming and you see her face, like the white, the, her face goes white. And she's like, Oh my God, it's my ex-boyfriend. And I was like, Oh my God, producers, damn son. Producers are probably like high-fiving each other in video village. They're like, Oh, and I'm like, that's so dark. That's so messed up. That's so messed up. Like at this point, if I was a contestant, I'd be like, Oh, anything's possible. Like how many ex-boyfriends are they going to go back into my life? Like, are they just going to go over painful memories? and go, would you come and do a special guest spot on The Bachelor? Like, how deep does this go? Like, this is crazy. Like, are they going to do, like, dads at left and, like, you know, just like, oh, I've never met my dad. Oh, well, guess what? He's singing on stage at Cedar Point. And you could tell Chase, the country star, he was like, he has this look of no way. Um, and I don't, is Chase a big deal in country? I, I can't tell. He looks like all the paid extras look like they're having a good time. And Peter is such a geek. He's like, Hey, Peter goes, the Chase goes, you guys having a good time? And Peter goes, hell yeah. <laughs> like, a, he's like a little girl. He's like, hell yeah, I am Chase. And like Victoria looks panicked. She looks panic stricken. And I just, I'm in love with this. And then they have this dance in front of him and you like, it's just so corny. They have to dance in front of him. And Victoria's like, imagine that you guys imagine, like I said earlier, imagine you having to dance with your new dude in front of your ex dude to a song you've probably heard so many times. Like what if you wrote this song for her? And in my head, they had a very deep, passionate relationship. So it's just very torn for both of them. So they're dancing and Peter's all being goofy. Like, um, it's just so, it just, just boggles the mind. And she's like, this is so crazy. Um, Peter's like, best date ever. So crazy. And then Chase and Peter after are talking, he's like, how far in are you? That's my chase. He's like, Hey, Hey bud, how far in are you? Cause he wants to get information. Like, I can't believe Victoria is like, are you guys on the final date? And Peter's like, well, I'll tell you what, it's pretty cool to be the bachelor. And he's like, I don't, 
give a shit. Just tell me how far in you are. And they're like exchanging numbers. It's very weird. And Victoria's talking to the producer and, um, she's like, uh, I didn't know when we, he didn't want me to come. By the way, if I was talking to the producer, I'd be like, how fucking dare you guys? That's so fucking embarrassing. Why are you doing this to me? Please stop. But she's not even doing that. She's like, huh? I just, so he didn't want me to come here. And I just, it's so weird. And I don't want Peter to be, I'm like, why are, why is no anger being thrown the producer's way? This is like, this is like crossing a line. And, um, so then there, uh, then like she pulls him aside. She's like, Hey, Chase, come here. Come here. No, keep going. Keep going. And she's like, they go into like this dark alley where Chris Harrison is. No, but could you imagine Chris Harrison is just always like, Hey guys, sorry to bump into you here. Um, and Chase goes, you having fun? And, uh, I, I was like, at this point, I kind of wanted them to get back together. I was like, Oh, it'd be so cool if Chase was like, I'm in it to win it. Let's go, Peter. I want her back. I think that would be awesome, but that doesn't happen. And, um, she goes like, she's like, I'm so scared. I don't want to push Peter away. Um, and once again, Peter doesn't know yet. So they're now, they go dress for dinner. They all look just top notch. They're at the dinner. And he's like, Hey, that Chase Rice can sing. He can sing at our wedding. And I'm like, Oh, you have no idea, buddy. I, like, um, he can sing in the birthing room. Um, I think, but this was also a point where I was like, I wonder if Peter's in love with Chase Rice because he doesn't shut up about Chase Rice for this whole section. And then she's like, I have to tell you something imperative. And I'm like, really big word, Victoria. Very, very awesome. She's like, it's really unfair. I don't want to tell you. And uh, she's like, the end part of that date was a little weird for me. And he's like, the concert with my favorite Chase Rice. And he's like, she tells him. So, um, I... I want to tell you something, mm-hmm. and I'm really nervous to tell you. I think it would be really unfair to you if I didn't tell you, because, like, tonight, for me, like, everything was so amazing. Like, the whole entire day was amazing, and, like, you're amazing. But the end part was, like, a little weird for me, because... Like, like the concert? Mm-hmm. Why? So... Um... Chase and I used to date, and... Like the singer Chase? The guy that was doing the concert? Yeah. Wait, what? No. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm, like, shaking right now. Um... The guy that was singing, I, I talked to him, like... What? I know. We dated, but I broke it off with him because his lifestyle doesn't really match up to what I want. And I, like I knew that I wanted to like give this a try with you. This is like, wow. That's weird. Look at me. I like really didn't want her in the moment. I was like so scared. I was like, I just I don't know. Do you still have feelings for him? No, not at all. That's why it didn't work out. This is it's why I'm here. This is so freaking weird. Like when do you when do you like just dance and make out to someone else's ex singing That's, to you? Yeah. At the same time, I was like, I didn't want to ruin the moment because I knew that you were so happy. 
And he's like, do you still like him? And then she's crying and, uh, you know, she's like, no, 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 no. I like you. I just didn't want to, you know, like blah, blah, blah. So then we cut back to the room with the ladies and McKenna looks like she's possessed. Like, I don't know. Like McKenna looks like she's like the body is a host and some kind of Wiccan, uh, devil, uh, has taken over McKenna's body uh, because she just looks like it's like she looks like she's not fully functioning of all her limbs. Like it's like the host is learning how to use McKenna's body. McKenna's possessed. That's what I'm saying. And she's been taken control of. So so all these girls, 13 people get announced on the group date, which means Kelsey. Remember Kelsey, the one with the champagne? She is one, the one-on-one. Um so now we're back to the date and Victoria's run off, emotionally run off after telling the chase story. Peter goes to her and says, I understand if you don't want to try to be here right now with me. And he's like, all I ask is for honesty and trust. And that's what you gave me tonight. And they're like, <laughs> I bet Peter was like, I bet when she was like, Peter was like, oh, she's crying. I bet I could get a kiss out of her. You know, like that's what he, Peter, like, I feel like that's his whole goal. He's like, I bet I could get lots of kisses from lots of ladies. And that's like, seems to be, and then when they get like really deep and dark on him, he's like, okay, that's my bad. I asked him to be open and honest. Okay. And Victoria's like, I really like you, Peter. I do. I haven't felt this way in so long. I love roller coasters. And then they kiss. And, um, really it's so the girls fall in love so quickly here. It's like, just, it's like love on steroids. Uh, but once again, Peter's a savior. Like Victoria's like, Oh, I've never met somebody like this in my whole life. He's so nice and understanding. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? And then all of a sudden a cellist appears and they're slow dancing. And then I was like, Oh my God, wouldn't it be funny if she, if the cellist was one of her ex-boyfriends too. And she's like, Peter, you're not going to even believe it. This is Anwar. And, uh, he is one of my exes as well. And he's like, Oh, I love you cellist. You and Chase Rice can do a Coachella Victoria's Boyfriends. Um, uh, so then um, they keep uh, writing Cleveland every time they show a Cleveland landmark. It's like, remember, it's like, we get it. It's not, like Bakersfield. So all of a sudden they're at a football field and Peter has to act all pumped. He's like, I love football. Like every time he jumps in, watch him when he jumps into a new scene, he tries to introduce what they're doing. He acts all like way too pumped up. And he's like, I love throwing around the old pigskin. Yay. It just It's awkward for everybody involved. He just can't do it to save his life. They have the whole stadium to themselves and like that's supposed to be a big deal. But I just I have a feeling just nobody really wanted to watch. They're like nobody showed up. So guess we have the stadium to ourselves. I would love if they really so they're obviously going to play a touch football game. And this is the part where I'd love if they had really trained like we've been training for months. But um, Tammy, Tammy, of course, Tammy, you guys know her. She's the uh, I believe Asian that like was like into like wrestling. And she's like, I'm going to tackle a lot of bitches. So she's immediately aggressive. I'm like, somebody's going to get hurt. Um, McKenna catches one in the old boob region and would have been funny if it was like a Brady bunch, Brenda hit her in the face kind of thing. Not Brenda. Is it Brenda? Brenda Brady? No, not Brenda. Anyways, um, Marsha Brady. So the, 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 uh, the Victoria, the, not Victoria, the one with the country singer, the other Victoria with the, the drug addict mom that beat her drug addiction, she pulls him to the sidelines and it's so weird. She's like, gives him like a massage and they're like, they're doing like touchy feelies and all the girls are like playing the game. They're like, what's going on there? It's like, first off, I, you know, what do you guys think about? Like, are you one of those people like that accepts massages from like, 
Like we used to do that in theater in high school. I remember everybody would be like massaging each other in between scenes. And like, I was always anti-massage. I would be like, no, thanks. Like I just, it's like, takes a lot to like, I don't like, you know, like I'm just weird with like touching people and being touched. Like, like, but you know, do you ever like that? You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, there's always that guy in the office or like the guy in your life. that's like, Hey, let me give you a massage. You look tense. Like, Ugh. so this girl is doing that to Peter and it's just, it's very weird. And this is when somebody gets tackled and gets CTE. No, I'm joking. CTE, of course, the degenerative, degenerative brain thing from getting hit too hard. Uh, you guys need to watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary. I was like, wouldn't it be great if somebody's bachelor career was over today? They just get rocked. They're just like, oh my God, McKenna just tackled the shit out of me and now I can't move my body. Um, and also this was brought up another question. Are they drug testing? What if somebody, one of these girls is just like steroided out? It was just like, I'm here to play. I'm here to play coach. Put me in, put me in. Um, I just ta- like, by the way, this was the most boring part of the whole show. I, I just check out when sports come on. It's just like, it's like a test pattern comes on when any kind of sports thing, I just like see red and I'm just like, okay, I just, I'm doing a grocery list. I'm like organizing my socks. So Peter's hugging people on the field after the game. Somebody won. I don't know. Like the bees knees win. it's really boring for me. And then they're in the locker room. Madison is pissed. Madison of course is the sports player that her dad coaches the sports team. So she knows she's like, what are we doing out there? People My if my dad was coaching, it'd be a different story out there. And everybody's like, we need time with Peter. It's just like the whole show boils down to needing time with Peter. It should be called The Bachelor, needing time with Peter. That's all we hear. I didn't get my time. No, I didn't get my time. I need time. No, you need time. So now we're at a cocktail party. And Hannah Ann says she's going to be tackling people to get time at the cocktail party. And I'm like, Hannah Ann, thanks for playing. Very cute. Victoria P says she loves football, but her back hurts. This is the first time I've heard her accent. So Victoria P was the one that was massaging Peter on the sidelines. Like all of a sudden her accent is getting stronger. It's like a Brittany Vanderpump rules thing. It's very weird. All of a sudden I was like, where are you from? Your accent is getting stronger. Uh, uh, I, uh, I wrote, I wish the cheer kids were on the sidelines. I do. I wish the cheer, the kids from cheer were on the sidelines. Um, so last week, she, Victoria gave, Victoria P gave Peter the sob story about her, you know, growing up and having to take care of her family because her mom was a drug addict. This week, she's talking kids, just like the other girl, Victoria, the other Victoria did at Cedar Point. So she's talking kids and uh, she's like, oh, I want kids so bad, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, once again, I'm like, dude, strike two. Strike two. You're like, Peter's literally, you can say, she's like, huh. Peter's like, I'm glad you took charge out there. Okay. He's, you could tell he's just really getting freaked out, but he's trying to hide it. And they're like, really like she kisses and she gives one of those kisses where she, where the person wants to know, like wants you to know that like, this is a real kiss. Those other kisses before have been like kind of half kisses. This, this one's a real one. And like, it's a real kiss. That's my ASMR kiss. That's how I kiss. So he's like, um, he goes, uh, he literally has a talking head where he goes, huh? She's so serious. So soon. Huh, I love it. Like you just see, like, I know you guys probably didn't see it, but I watched it twice. So I can see it. And I'm not making it up. He looks like he's sweating it a little bit. He's like loving it. She's very serious. Very, very quickly. It's really enjoying everything that's happening here. Um, and the girls are in the other room still bitching that, that Victoria stole him again. And so the MVP of this football game, Cheyenne, Cheyenne's like, I get him next. 
And she's complain. She's using her time to complain about Victoria. So ladies listening to this podcast, if you guys ever decide to go on The Bachelor, don't be one of the people that complain about the other people. It's good TV, but it's bad. You won't he, Peter doesn't like it. You're stressing Peter out. Peter can't take anything. It's like, we get it. We all want time with Peter. Um, so Alea, all of a sudden, guess what? Alea's back. Alea's back. And I'm immediately frustrated because I'm like, I didn't, I don't fully know her name still. And now I have to remember how to say Alea again. So she's back and everyone is shooketh to their core. core. And which, by the way, the girl even says, I am shooketh. Can we stop with shooketh? Stassi said it on Vanderpump Rules. This is said it. I, I just, we, hey, why don't we just say we're shook or why don't we say we're shocked or why don't we just say, hey, I'm upset or like, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. Shooketh, stoppeth, stoppeth, itteth. I don't want to th- heareth any moreeth. It's not cuteeth. It's not funnyeth. Stoppeth. So by the way, I do it. Alea comes up and I was like, oh, this is like when Sandy comes at the end of Greece, like the, the movie musical Greece. She's like, tell me about it, stud. And she's all in like black and is like. Okay, so then McKenna, McKenna sees Alea and she's like, I'm like, oh, like immediately, even before I saw McKenna, I was like, McKenna is not going to like this. This is when I'm starting to really know the ladies and their ins and outs. And I'm like, this is not McKenna's jam. I'll tell you that much. And she goes up to Peter and um, she's like, oh, yo, no, Alea goes up to Peter and she's like, I'm sure you're very confused. And by the way, I feel like that's a blanket statement. You can say it Peter at any time. And it would be true. Like. I'm sure you're very confused. I feel like Peter's confused most of the time. Um, at this point, I wish Peter would give death stares to the producers like, you fucking jerks. Are you kidding me? I said last week I was unsure, but I didn't mean to bring her back. Like the producers are just playing dirty this season. So dirty. I think I love it, but I just, I'm starting to feel like Peter's going to hurt himself at some point. Um, so she's like, Peter, you allowed yourself to be manipulated. He's like, that was very difficult for me. She says, me and Victoria, the one that was talking shit about her last week on the last week episode, she's like, we are friends. We had a Vegas trip planned. And I was like, that don't mean shit. I've been to Vegas with like literal strangers, literal strangers. I think I've driven to Vegas with literal strangers. Uh, I'll travel anywhere with strangers, point blank. So I don't think that means anything to me, but she's telling Peter, she's like, no, no, Victoria, Miss uh, Nice Girl lied. We were best besties. And Peter goes, gets Victoria P. And he's like, what's up? What's up? What's up, Vic? And she's like, Peter, look at me. No, no, Peter, look at me. And you could tell she's like, oh, shit, I'm busted. I did not plan for Alea to come back. And she's, but she like double, she's like, my truth is my truth, Peter. And she, like, she's like, I feel like she was about to like throw her. She's like, remember the story about my mom? Like, I've had a tough life. Um, she's like, I'm shaking. I gave my whole heart. It was very hard to watch, but Victoria is using everything in her power to try to get Peter back on board. And just like all the girls now are talking shit about Victoria. Like everybody, there's no loyalty in this house. No loyalty. It's hard out there, you know? And Victoria comes up and gives Alea a, like, cause he's like, let's all take care of this together. And so the three of them, so Victoria comes up and gives Alea a huge hug. And I'm just confused because I'm like, what is Victoria doing? Like, what is this? Are you fake? Like, is this, it's like, feels, it's fake, you know? Like, it feels very fake. And um, so then Alea said, Victoria betrays her. And Victoria, like, Alea's crying and Victoria is pushing away her tears. And I was like, this is so intense. And it's like, ooh. And I'm like, Peter, like I did feel for Peter. I was like, Peter cannot trust anyone in this house. Like if I was there and his buddy, or if I was Chris Harrison, I'd be like, Peter, 
I don't think you can trust anyone here. Like, have your wits about you, which is hard for Peter. I'd be like, I don't think this can happen. And then he goes in, like, it's there in an aquarium. So, because all of a sudden he's at, like, a big aquarium. And he's, like, leaning up against, like, he's looking into this blue aquarium. Like, but it's huge. It's, like, enveloping. He's looking, he's, like, staring wistfully into the aquarium. And there's, like, all these fishies. Like, and then he sees Aquaman. No, he doesn't see Aquaman. But he's, like... They're like the producers, are like Peter, could you look forlorn into the aquarium tank? And uh, you could just tell his thought was like, "I'm not cut out for this." So now we're back at, and um, so that, there was a commercial break. Then we're back, and Alea already had her chance to talk to Peter, and everybody's talking about the pool party again. I'm like, enough with the pool party from last week. Um, she's like. And then one of the girls is like, I want to talk to my boyfriend, which she means Peter. I'm like, he's not anybody's boyfriend. You can't call him your boyfriend. It's not your boyfriend. It's your friend that's a boy right now. He, You get to be boyfriend when he gets on his knee. He goes, will you be my girlfriend? Then your boyfriend, girlfriend, you know? But until then, you're just friends that are boys. Um, so more Leia bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, things are so good with us. Peter asks if she wants to come back. You know, yeah, yeah, so Peter asks... Peter asks Alea, she goes, he goes, Hey, hey, Alea, do you want to come back? And I'm like, Don't do this, Peter. I'm even know I even know, and I'm an idiot. I even know this is a bad like he did the same thing with Hannah B, remember? Like that's his like I, I just feel like if he if he bumps into anybody on the outside world, he's like, Do you want to come into the house? Like he just doesn't know better. He's like, Hey, we've got a big house. Do you want to come back? Do you want to come into the house? Like the producers should not let Peter out of his sight. Like all of a sudden there's like just 40 just random people. I met these people at a movie theater. Like, no, Peter, you don't like also don't you need to ask permission? Like he's just offering invites right and left. And that's just nobody likes that person. Nobody likes that person. So Alea's like, so psych. She's like, I could come back, but also she's like, Oh shit, I got I got him. She's like, I got my claws in again. I got my claws in. So she comes in, she's like, Hey, Peter invited me back, and I'm not gonna say no to Peter. <laughs> Which is just maniacal. It's like very joker as she makes a speech to the other lady. <sighs> I know, I know you guys are all exhausted, and I know that I I wasn't able to spend time with a lot of you and and chat, and I'm really, really sorry for that. This has been really, really just tough for me. And I'm trying my hardest. I am. I have to be honest with all of you. I told you from the beginning that I was going to follow my heart and trust myself, but I feel like I did myself a disservice by not necessarily doing that the last rose ceremony. I am doing what I feel like I need to do to feel you know, confident moving forward with all this, and I hope that you can understand that. So, Alea, will you accept this, Rose? Of course. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Are you freaking kidding me? I didn't expect Peter to ask Alea to come back, and now I'm kind of disappointed in him. A girl who got the rose wasn't even on the date. Peter made a mistake of giving Alea a rose, and this is making me question everything. I'm gonna get some sleep, and I will see you all in a couple days. Good night. Good night.
just happened, y'all. I guess he didn't want me to go back home. So I guess I'm not going anywhere for a hot minute. Apparently I'm still here. So it's game time, bitches. And this one, I was like, this is a huge episode. This is why, like, the second watch, I was like, this is really good. Um, and so, so it's weird to eat. Oh, so he picks up the rose and he gives it to Alea. And Alea's like, literally trying not to laugh because she's like, oh my God, uh, for me. And it's just, it's amazing. And, but then when he does that, the girls all look around. They're like, oh, we can't trust Peter now. We cannot trust Peter at all. He is obviously, mentally challenged and they're like oh we're dealing with a child here we're dealing with a child my heart is in a child's hand poor mckenna mckenna is just literally just shitting her pants and i also feel for i don't like alaya at all like i feel i feel alaya is very evil but also like i feel like at this point the girls are going to beat her down like they're going to wait till she falls asleep and then just like they're going to put soap in a sock and just beat her like bah, bah, bah. um so hannah ann the girl who got a rose Oh, oh, Hannah, Hannah Ann goes, the girl who got a rose, the girl who got a rose wasn't even on a date. I'm like, Hannah Ann, once again, thank you for playing. That's very obvious. Chris Harrison at this point should pop up and goes, Hey buddy, what are you doing? We didn't give you the uh, okay for this. Do not, do not do this. So then, then Alea goes, the internet knows everything. And she brings up the Chase Rice thing with Victoria and Cedar Point. She's like, everybody's a buzz on the outside world. That's all they're talking about. And First off, no, like this just flat out. I don't read spoilers, but I don't, I don't remember ever seeing just like a, like everybody's talking about this. I, that's just not true. And, um, Alea's like, I've been a victim so many times. I was like, at this point, would, if Peter watches the show back, does like when the bachelor watches the show back, does he goes, Oh, that girl was an asshole. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm such an idiot. Um, Erica's saying people got hurt. So now we're at the Kelsey one-on-one date. And this is like my big takeaway. Peter is wearing one of the most amazing chunky sweaters that I've ever seen in my life. It's brown. It looks great on him. And like the whole scene, I just sat there. I was like, could I pull this sweater off? And if I could pull this sweater off, could I buy it? And if I could buy it, does Old Navy have a copy of it? Because it's probably like a $250 chunky brown sweater. And it's like, it's like kind of opens and you could like wear a t-shirt underneath it. I love this sweater so much. But it's probably like, I was like, ah, oh, it's probably like a $250 sweater. And I just can't do that. But if Old Navy had a knockoff of that for like 40 to $50, now that's something that could be part of old Ryan Bailey's wardrobe, you know? Like, I really loved it. So if any of you guys have any hot leads on where I could get that brown chunky knit sweater, it would be greatly appreciated. What are the podcast just now? Just like, hey, could you guys find me like jeans or like a 34 waist? And no. So Peter, like, Peter looks amazing in his sweater. Uh, it's a Jack's ch- chunky sweater. And Peter like, Peter goes, let's put all this craziness to rest and go enjoy Cleveland. Womp womp. And then all of a sudden they're like, like this guy's like, have you ever had a pierogi? And I'm like, whoa, a pierogi. They have those at Trader Joe's. And then they bump into a random polka party and he's like, oh, this is so fun. Polka. Cleveland is so cool. It's just so sad. And Kelsey's like, I was born and raised in Iowa. I'm like, okay. And she's like, it's just nice to walk on the street and hold hands. And they're playing video games. Like they're riding on like some kind of roller coaster and they reenact that scene from fear with Mark Wahlberg. No, they don't. Um, so then they're all of a sudden at a soapbox derby. And I'm like, how hard up are they for things to do? Like you could just go to a restaurant, like producers, are like fuck uh soapbox derby. Let's, 
they're like, do you guys want to race? And the kids are like, not really. The crowd just makes me sad. They're all cheering. It's just, it's all sad. It's all sadness. It's just darkness, darkness. And then they're like, the beautiful skyline of Cleveland. And he's hoping tonight we connect on a deeper level. And then she's talking about her parents' divorce. And Peter was like, damn it. This is exactly what that other girl was doing. Like, this is getting way too serious. Can we go to the kissing stuff? And, you know, like, can we like, maybe like, I see your boobs or something, not talk about divorce. And it's just, it's getting way too serious for him. He can't handle this. She's like, I didn't see my dad for 12 years. Peter's like, this isn't fun anymore. Um, I'm just doing Peter's internal monologue. Um, She's like, this is, I'm very protected as a person. I let some people in. I don't let other people in. So she's obviously saying I let Peter in. She wants a healthy relationship like her grandparents and never settle, which by the way, I was like, sometimes it's okay to settle. Sometimes, sometimes settling's good. You know, settling should, we should not like sometimes settle. Don't be like, if you, if you never settle, guess what? You might never be with somebody like settle. Like nobody's like, is anybody ever like, I never settled. And now I have the perfect guy or girl. Does that really ever like most relationships? I know they're like, I have a guy that's okay. You know? So, um, so we're at the one-on-one dates. Nobody get the row. Okay. So, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. So then they're in Cleveland and they see a big Cleveland fireworks, (laughs) Woo, just Cleveland's amazing. I don't, does Cleveland do fireworks on a nightly basis or did they, I think they just set this up. So Natasha, somebody named Natasha, I don't remember. She's like, she's like, Victoria, or uh, (laughs) Alea went to the outside world. Now she's spread a web of lies and Victoria confronts her about Chase in the hotel room, this hotel room. And she's like, no one has their phone. And you, you know, you told everybody this. No one has their phone here. They wouldn't know. And Alea is like smiling. She's like, hee, hee, hee. I heard that you were telling people that something had leaked about me and Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit more about that and why you feel the need to go around and um, say that? Well, I had no idea that nobody knew. It was literally all over the place while I was at well, home. Well, guess what? No one has their phone here. So how would you expect people to know that? That's something very personal to me. And the fact that you think that it's okay to go around to other girls and not come to me first is absurd. Okay, well, I didn't go around telling everybody. So then why does everyone know? Do you not see that stirring the pot, which is why you had left in the first place? You're manipulative. How am I manipulative? You are not going to come in here after being sent the home for good reason and oh my treat- god oh my god is that appalling i don't play the <laughs> you're fake and i'm not and you may think that you're safe because you came back and you got a group date rose i have some very choice words to say to peter and he's gonna <laughs> know who you are as a person so good luck honey malaya is a dark cloud of negativity and she's brought back in here. And I feel like that's just such a bad decision on his part. Peter decides to allow Leia back into this house. It's like a slap in the face. And I can't look at him when he's rewarding her bad behavior with his rose. But it was our rose. Yeah. You know what I mean? We are all mad about it. And I'm just like, how could you, Peter? What worries me is the fact that he may not know what he actually wants. That's really the big question here. That's a problem. And she's like, I don't play this shit. And 
it's just it's just crazy. Alea does not care. Alea is just causing damage. Um, they're now turn oh so now, but then now they're turning the tide and they're mad at Peter. They're like he might not know what he wants, and I'm like no shit, ladies. This didn't even happen for you guys. To, like you guys should have thought about this from the first episode. Peter didn't know, and Peter's like I'm gonna stay true to myself in Cleveland, baby. And Peter's like hello, ladies, and they all have sour pusses on at the the. The, he goes in to talk to the ladies and they're just like, they're not having it. They're like, he, by the way, it's so sad because Peter has ruined Cleveland for all of these ladies. These ladies will never go back and see the delights of Cleveland again because they're like, no, it's a wonderful town, but Peter ruined it for me. Peter has ruined all of Ohio for me. Um, so this girl, I don't know who she is. She speaks and McKenna has a bruise. I noticed, um, this is a lot, a lot of the girls, like, this is the part where I'm like, I don't know a lot of these people at, like, you need to still wear name tags. So you think these girls, oh, so Peter's all bummed out that these girls are giving him a hard time. And he's like, Victoria, can I talk to you? And Victoria, the one with the drug addict mom that beat her drug addiction, she goes, I don't want to talk to you right now. And I'm like, oh shit, you got Victoria not wanting to talk to you. And, um, she, she takes her, she's like, fine, I'll go though. But then she, he goes outside. He goes, sit. She's like, won't sit. She's like, I've had days to sit and wonder. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is when Chris Harrison, this is when we need Chris. Like, hey, you kind of have to talk to him, bud. Um, she's like, you, you, uh, he goes to her. You haven't been nothing but honest and fair. Peter's trying to talk her down. And I'm like, don't let her back in. Peter, cut her loose. Peter, cut her loose. This is like, this is also the girl that Peter gave the water bottle to in the first episode. And she's like, I've never gotten a water bottle. I'm treated so well. And I'm like, oh, Peter's like, I should never have given her water. I should, I should have made her get her own water. And, um, Victoria is like, it's not my story to tell about Alea being, um, and I was like, good. Finally, you learned your lesson, Victoria. Keep your old yapper shut. And, um, she said, like, you're not a victim. You're a pot stirrer. Victoria has, sorry, my notes got, Victoria has, so, uh, Victoria tells Peter, though Victoria ends up telling Peter that Elias told everyone about Chase. And it's like, oh my God. Wow. She's busted out for being a gossip. The first gossip in the history of The Bachelor. And Peter wants to die. Peter literally at this moment, this is the exact moment where Peter realizes he has the worst taste in everybody. He's like, oh my God. He's just like, I've been like, it's like that last scene of the sixth sense when he's like, I've been dead this entire time. He's like, oh my God, I have horrible taste. So this point, I'm like, Peter needs to quit. Peter just needs to quit because he looks like he's about to explode. Uh, he unbuckles his tie at one point. He's like, this is too tight. This is too tight. He's just, he's freaking out. Hello, ladies. I, I did, you know, enjoy my time here in Cleveland with you all. And I definitely feel like a lot of relationships I did feel progress with. And I'm holding on to that. And I do feel good. Victoria P., do you mind if I talk to you? Can I um, say something really quick? Yep, go ahead, because um, I also have something yeah. to say. Yeah, I'm sorry, Peter, but I've never felt so under-recognized by somebody. And for us who went on the group date, who bust our ass out there on the football field and literally have the physical bruises to show, and then for you to come to the cocktail party and ignore us, half of us that didn't get time, and then walk in hand-in-hand hand with Alea, it was like the biggest slap in the face. Like, I couldn't even look at you. Um, like... Literally, my ankle is still sore. My knee is still sore. And for you to give it to her, of all people, I really, really, really hurt. Natasha, Deandra, I'm sorry. 
I am so not perfect, I'm not even close. And yes, I gave a lay of the rose. I should have given her one of the last rose ceremony, but it was the first time where I was angry with myself because I felt like I was influenced and I made a decision that wasn't truly following what I wanted to do. But I totally hear where you're coming from and I'm sorry. So please accept that apology because I truly am sorry. All right, go talk, Victoria. I don't really want to talk to you right now, but I, I can, yeah. You don't want to talk? I'm just frustrated and I'm frustrated. We can talk right now. Let's go. Let's just go. Yeah. No, just go. I'm just. We don't want to talk right now. No, let's talk. Let's, I want to talk to you. All right, let's talk. I'm tired. This Peter. If you don't trust me, why did you ask it's, me? Victoria, it's like, not. No, and then you're telling these women you were influenced. Like, don't make them feel like I influenced you for anything. I'm gonna take a seat. I can't sit. Like. I've had days to sit and wonder, like, I've been so vulnerable with you. I know you have. No, and I've been nothing but honest with you, so I'm confused about why I'm in this position right now. Victoria, I'm not trying to get you in the middle of this and pin you I'm already in the middle of it. And I'm sorry for that, but you're someone that I... No, you don't trust me. Listen, I'm not trying to make you feel like you're being attacked or anything. From our first date, from our first one-on-one, I felt such an amazing connection. And hearing you when you brought up concerns, specifically about Alea, you I trust me. you're right, and I did. You and asked it's because me, I, Peter. Because I value your opinion. I trust you. But if you. you valued my opinion, then why? I, like, I in confidence, I hurt to speak up against another woman because that's not who I am. I never do that. No, let me talk. So she's manipulating you the same way that she manipulated me. And I think that she thinks that my kindness is weakness and she's trying to take advantage and manipulate me and I'm not standing for it anymore. But after yesterday's actions, and you can talk to Victoria Fuller. What happened yesterday? It's not my story to tell. And Sydney's like, Sydney goes, you don't even know my middle name, this other girl, Sydney. And I'm like, what? We've got, we shouldn't know each other's middle names, you know? Uh, she goes, you don't know my middle name because we're dealing with Alea 24-7. And then he goes, he pulls Alea, he goes, why is everyone against you? And I'm like, Peter, you're not going to get her to admit she's bad. You're just not. Like, she's not like, okay, Peter, you got me. I guess I am bad. So um, Peter's like, I'm just, I'm unfocused. I don't, like... And then this was, I was like, Peter, you need to go look at the sharks again, forlorn. And they're all turning against Peter. And then my last note was, Peter is such a geek. Until next week, we have a five hour, five hours of The Bachelor. It's just not fair, you guys. It's not fair. We don't need this. So you guys, that was my Bachelor recap. But I want to speak to uh, producer Linda right now, a little bit about The Bachelor and a little bit about Jax. Here she is. Okay, you guys, this is now turning into one of my favorite Friday uh, segments of the show. Now, if you've noticed, two weeks ago, uh, I had producer Linda. She applied for a job as Jax Taylor's assistant because he was talking big on his Twitter and said he needed an assistant. And he said, you know, people can reach out and send send resumes to his manager. And so producer Linda wrote up this beautiful cover letter and resume. And and, and Linda, you actually, your resume, like, were you real about the jobs you do? Yeah, those were all my real jobs. <laughs> you weren't making up like, okay, you weren't making up any of those just to impress Jax. 
No, those I have a master's degree. It's real. <laughs> Whoa, didn't know we we're dealing with a master's degree. Oh, everybody buckle in. No. Okay, so so you did that first week and then last week we we talked and there was no response, correct? Yep. And you had sent a follow-up email, right? I did. Okay, so everybody buckle in. We're about to find out how this follow-up email was responded to by Jax's manager. Linda, how was this email responded to? No response. Are you kidding me? I got jaxed, I think. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You take all of this time out of your busy day. You actually have a real job. You studied hard with a master's degree. You're wanting to help somebody in the entertainment field besides me, and there's just no response. Nothing. Do we have a contact number for this lady? I might go on as your representative and call her and ask what the status is. Oh, I don't know. I haven't went that far yet. <laughs> now, and I guess because you're smarter than me, what do we do from this point on? Do we just give up this job? I mean, is this job just not ours anymore? I mean, I don't know if I have the heart for it anymore. You know, I've been oh. so let down and <laughs> yeah. you know, discouraged. I, I mean, what can I even do if I can't be Jax's assistant? Is there any way that maybe one more email <laughs> Just checking on if there's 401k benefits, what's the sick policy. Like, Should just, I just go go straight to the Instagram DM? Like, should I just skip over the professional part go, and just be go, like, hey. Go Jax out. Jax had asked me for feet pick earlier in the week, and I just wanted to know if that had anything to do with this. Um, just a way to get in somehow. Now, you live in Chicago. Would you be willing to relocate if Jax wanted you to? I mean, I do a lot of things for some money, so. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying we, I feel like, I mean, I don't, I don't think, we probably shouldn't, but I would, in my dream of dreams, there's a follow-up email asking all the specifics of the job, what it tailors, is there, is there room for growth in the Jack's company? Like, could you move up? Like, and is there any cleaning involved in his beautiful house? (laughs) Well, I, you know, I'm looking at her website now and it doesn't say anything about, like her needing help. So I'm curious if it's just her and if this assistant thing is just something Jax made up. Oh, wait. Do you think Jax would make something up? I think it's possible. That's no way that he would just talk big on Twitter to people. Like, <laughs> I know he's invested in so many different things that we've talked about on the show. That just makes no sense to me. But, um, okay, so this potentially, maybe you should just ask her if she needs help. Yeah, be her assistant. But maybe that's a direction ad. You know what? You know what we should. Uh, now I'm just thinking of so many ideas. Like we should call from like another. Like I act like I'm an employer, and I'm checking references, and I'm uh, checking if you've ever worked for Jacks before. Oh, like, I do have the PR's number. I'll say uh, I'm sorry. I'm calling for uh, Linda Rutledge. Um, she uh, uh, she's no no. Yeah, you would check. She says she's worked for you guys for the last six months as Jax's assistant. Has she been a good employee? <laughs> and like, see if anything. <laughs> Yes, I have. I'm looking at the number right now. It's an option. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to find a way to make calls live on here like they do on radio shows where I can dial a number and they can record it. Because like that with that, it would just be all 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 bets. All bets are off. Yeah, yeah. we'd be calling everybody. So, okay. (laughs) I know we got limited time with you. So I wanted to ask a couple things. So Jack's tweets of the week. I wanted to fold in with you because this is a Jack segment. He really, did you read, he, he went off this week on a, he's lost it. Like I, he, he said some things that just really bummed me out because they were so like, I was trying to find the humor in them and it's like hard to find. He's a jerk and an asshole. So that's kind of like fun. But like, they were just kind of mean. What were your thoughts? 
No, completely agree. I saw on someone's Instagram, I don't even remember because it was blowing up everything, that he was just going off on Twitter during like um, VPR premiere night. And he's he's like off the deep end, being so mean to pretty much anybody that's not Team Jax. Well, he went on, he went live on Instagram, which I think I have a clip of that I'll probably put in somewhere on here. But he was just being really rude, uh, like saying mean things about Tom Sandoval. Like what what happened to like, I know... Like, I, I mean, even in the show, and we'll talk about this on Tuesday with like him ripping on the boat and all this stuff. Like, even if it's your friend, like you can just shut your mouth too. You don't need to like, I don't know. Well, and I don't know what the point of it is, you know, where, where we're at with all of it. Like he's just tweeting to tweet. Like he's supposed to be getting this good at it on this season, but now he's doing everything in his power to get rid of that on Twitter, which yeah. is. Again, he needs an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the, by the way, once again, like he's failing at life. Um, so, you know, the big one that he said, and I'm, I'm trying to find it here. I'm wondering if he delete. Oh, he deleted it. Was the was the Ariana one? Yeah, it looks like he did delete it. I was he just did, he, for that as well. I saw it earlier. I think he just deleted like in the last hour because I had his Twitter pulled up on my my show account because I blocked him on my regular accounts. Um, Imagine that like that. I still think that's like one of my finest moments is blocking him before he can block me. It's real growth. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm glad you noticed. So, um, so, but what he said, I, I screenshotted it must be nice to be on a show and dodge everything about your relationship life for nine years and tell production. I am not talking about that, but still want to pay paycheck. That's my response to Ariana. Most negative person I have ever met. Like that's, that's just hateful, wrong. And I mean, Jax has got caught in his relationship stuff. He didn't. He didn't offer up that he cheated with Faith. He got busted. Exactly. That's that's like the biggest like hypocrisy of it all. Like he hasn't been open and honest either. Like he's just had this storyline going because he's always getting caught. Like he's too dumb to even cover his tracks. So. Like him to go off in, on other people's relationship, like I don't really understand that. Like but also, Ariana's been very open, like about the bisexuality, about the la la thing. I mean, depression, p- potentially like embarrassed stuff. Yeah, but, but the only thing is, is that I don't. You know, it's like she's basically who she says she is, and that's a different kind of character for the show. You know, it seems like everybody's everybody is portrayed the way they actually are, but they say they're getting a bad edit or something. And they say Ariana's getting a good at it when she's just being how she is. Well, and I feel like this season, it's like everybody versus Tom and Ariana, which is, or at least that's what it's slowly leading up to. So I don't know if he knows that that's the outcome, but like by the end of the season and he's just kind of doubling down now, but again, it seems excessive and just kind of hateful. I will say I hated that Sandoval did his little flip out with Bo in the parking alley. And I'll talk about that on Tuesday. Like that bummed me out, but it also, it seems so huge and big that I thought he was almost acting. Well, the whole there, this whole fight, like from the very beginning, it feels like it's actually between like Sandoval and Schwartz and like other people are just getting kind of thrown in the mix. Like that's what the the real tension is. And so now all these people are getting involved and Sandoval is not coming off in the best light for sure. But did you see, did you see, uh, next week at the preview, they're in old age makeup going over the fight, which I'm like, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm excited, but I'm also like, okay, guys, we know costumes are your thing. Like, I, I just, 
I get this sense that like Vanderpump Rules is now kind of like that school project you put off to the last minute and then you're like, you know what? We'll come in on Friday and we'll all wear costumes and we'll do it really big and then everybody will love it. Like it's, yeah. it's become It's like what they're known for. Yeah. Like it's like how many – it's like a share show. How many costume changes are they going to do in one episode? Like they're prosthetics now. Like that's a lot. Yeah. No, um, I think they just wanted to one up the last couple's bachelor and bachelorette party <laughs> where they did the drag, you know, and I mean, but that's, that, but Linda, that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's like <laughs> very plotted out where I can see that where Sandoval and like, they're all thinking they're smarter than production. So they're like going, don't worry, guys, we're going to give you the show of a lifetime, you know? Right. No, no. I think that's super valid. And I mean, even with all the girls wearing the tacky bridesmaid dresses, which I know that's a thing, but like. It was like excessive to even. I mean, that doesn't happen either. But also, that I love was over the top. <laughs> I love the discourse on on Twitter and, and Instagram of saying like it was Britney's day. You know, how dare people oh. get into fights? I'm like, what did you expect? Are you joking? They they she should have expected ten fights a day for the show. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, and she's marrying Jack, so like she gets everything that's come. She's co-signing. Yeah, so I mean, it's co- she com- gets everything that's coming to her. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just but, what's but, happening. By the way, next week we'll probably get that line from the trailer where Brittany goes, F you, Sandoval. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. Did Sorry, I, that was my dog. <laughs> wait, did I say F you, Sandoval, and it activated your dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very protective of her. <laughs> By the way, I am too. That's why I'm so disappointed. So, actually, moving right along, I wanted to talk to somebody about The Bachelor because I'm doing a solo interpret of The Bachelor this week. What, what did you know that next week they're doing two episodes, Linda? I just saw that yesterday. So, they're going to kill me. Like, they're. I, yes. <laughs> why would they? I mean, I feel like now at this point they realize I'm doing The Bachelor in another episode in one week, so they're like, "Hey, let's." This is very conceited of me. But like, let's kill Ryan and push him to the very the, the the Monday episode is three hours long, and the Wednesday one they're, is two hours long. They're trying to kill us all, like slowly, like a slow death. This season is kind of dragged along already, and now they're going to make me sit down and watch two in one week. It's just rude and yeah, there's no unfair. I mean, I'm literally thinking, I mean, I don't, it's not like I show up anywhere to the podcast where people expect me. I upload it, but I'm like, <laughs> where can I run away? Like, I just want to run away and run far as possible to where podcasts don't exist, you know? And by, by the way, different, an alternative universe. Where and by the way, big. as everybody points out, including my mom, you're doing this to yourself. Nobody is asking for this. Like, <laughs> I've told you many times. This is true. In, in my head, it's like the people need this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you said something very interesting about this season is that it's kind of plodding along. And the first – I watched it on uh, Tuesday for the first time and I was really tired and I kind of was like, eh, whatever. But then I watched it again yesterday and all of a sudden so many things stood out to me as like really deep character study. Like really – it really became such a, a much better show to me on the second watch. <laughs> I guess anything could be a better show on the second watch. <laughs> but Peter I don't think has what it takes. No, I, he does. I don't know if it's like, he's not mentally present or if he's like talking <laughs> about Hannah or My, I don't know what's going on. With I him. think, I mean, I think he's like, um, what's that movie where he, he's like a child. He's like Tom Hanks in big when he becomes the child. <laughs> Cause he gets off in Cleveland. He's like Cleveland. Yay. And he's, well, that's Cleveland tourism paying him. Uh, yeah. But he, he can't even pull it off. He's like Superman no. was born here. And I'm like, is this guy allowed to drink? I don't, I don't. And, and all the girls, all the girls are supposed to like, they already are deeply in love with him. And like, 
all the girls, like the, the armor is starting to fade and like, they're like, this guy's a loser. Yeah. I think you can kind of see that towards the end when they all start turning on him, especially there's a clear divide in the girls that are a little older versus a little younger, which is like 22 versus 25 or something. Yeah, the, and the, the mature 25 like, year olds. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're the ones aging out. <laughs> and you can tell they're the ones that are like talking up and like, this is bullshit. Like this is ridiculous that he's bringing this girl back. Like they're the ones that are really aggravated where the younger ones are a little more like arguing with each other in the corner. Yeah. Well, so the big the the big thing of this, and we heard earlier at the beginning of the show, the the Chase Rice or Chase <laughs> Stein. What's his name? Chase Chase oh. Rice. Now, are you into country music, Linda? No. Okay, I, I'm not either. So no, is, no is, offense. Is he is he like huge and is he a big country guy? Like I don't. He no, seemed he I, seemed nice. Like I, I mean, I don't think so. The only thing I know that he like I was when I was googling him, he does have a, like a song that I had kind of heard of, and I know he's he was on Survivor in the past. So that's something fascinating to me. So this guy was on Survivor and then dated Victoria, who's on The Bachelor. And according to this episode, he told her he didn't want her to go on the show. But like this is another thing that's a mystery. Is there a pocket of people that just try to be on reality shows nonstop? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, whoa, you, hey, guys, you heard it here first. This is breaking <laughs> news. People are trying to get on reality shows. But like the fact that like – like, what did they – did they already know they liked reality shows and then hooked up and that was a common interest or did they both come to that? It just it just boggles my mind that, like, they're all on re- – they all want to be on reality shows. And, like, did you buy that he didn't know that, that he was singing for her and Peter? So I do believe that he didn't know it was going to be her on the show. I do think, though, that they, like, played up their quote-unquote relationship. I don't think they actually dated. I think they might have DM'd for a bit, maybe hooked up once or twice. Like, I think it was actually pretty, like, casual and low-key. I don't think that, like... But I think he went on the show to promote his music like all these other, like, D-list country singers do. So, I mean... We'll see I think now. there was a chance that she could have been there, but I don't think he... He knew for sure. I don't think he would have put himself in the situation. It wouldn't. It doesn't make sense. See, Linda, I hate to say this, but I think you're dead wrong. In my head, <laughs> in my head, they had the deepest, most passionate relationship, like Leo and Kate and Titanic. Except he would have let her like share. Like they would have shared that. No, he would have. He would have died too. Like she's like Kate yeah. Winslet. But what I'm saying is that they had a very deep relationship, and that's why it's so much more tragic that now he's singing one of his sort of hit songs in front of her because he's like he's flashing in his head all the memories he should he should be dancing at cedar point with her to his song you know <laughs> it's so much if you think about it that way it's you can oh, go it's back way and, more fun oh, to think about it that way <laughs> exactly well and it's just it's tra- it's tragic it's tragic like and that's what i'm hoping that chase is now a character in this show and pops up every episode trying to get her back well it, i have seen some like chase for bachelor stuff so hey who knows it could happen i will say i mean i gotta say like i thought i was like oh that's a i mean am i i thought i don't I thought that was a good-looking guy. That's a good-looking guy, right? Are we? Allowed- uh, I mean, no? he's okay. It's See, not my like. I my don't style. think. I don't think. I don't think I'm attracted to the same guys that all you girls are. Like that's like crazy. bro country is just kind of like gross. Yeah, like I, so. I'm really trying to understand pop bro country. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But that's for a different podcast. So <laughs> everybody, Peter does not. He's not doing well. The the stress is showing. I feel, and I just. I don't think he is going to be able to handle it. Now, Amaya, or uh, how do I say her name? Uh, Ayana? Uh, um, uh, Amelia? 
Aliana, um, no. uh, Amila. Now you've thrown me off. No, See, I can't remember. I, I've written it down multiple times, but I just I have a, a mind block now, and it won't let me say. Aaliyah? her Aaliyah? Is it uh, Aaliyah? No, no, it's like a Mylia. Um, Everyone knows who we're talking about. Yeah, the one so, that came back. Yeah, the one. <laughs> And by the way, I thought after last week I wasn't going to have to worry about saying her name wrong anymore because she wouldn't be back. But now she's back. What do you do? You believe that she's? What do you believe about that whole situation? So I think they're all lying at some point. I think Victoria F threw her under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely knew each other more yeah. than Victoria F said. I mean, that's clear. But I have gone to Vegas with complete strangers before. Like that is like, I, I literally, I'm like, I don't know you, but let's go. You know? I mean, I, I actually have like a bachelorette party. Like I, I get that, but I still would claim to know them now. That would be great though. Three days with them. If Victoria, Victoria was like, no, it was like a bachelorette party. And I like, I mean, I said, we were all in the same area. Yeah. But we were all wearing penis necklaces things. (laughs) We were all in tacky bright spaces. (laughs) Um, No, I think they're all lying and they're all just trying to save face at this point. I think, I think it's a Alea. Alea, yeah, Alea. You're right. I just looked Alea. But Alea coming in and just not laying low after getting yes. back into the house. Like what? I don't know what she was thinking. So like she either she's really going for the villain or edit, or she's just an idiot. <laughs> well, she, the fact that she went in and immediately told everybody about the chase stuff and Victoria and but. I also, I loved how she made it sound like I'm on the outside world and they're talking about it nonstop. And I was like, I don't, I mean, I don't follow reality, Steve, or any spoilers, but like, I don't think anybody's talking about it nonstop. Like when she hit the real world, people weren't like Victoria from the bachelor that just got kicked off. Like, does, I mean, there's a small segment of people that care. No, what she did when she got her phone back was she Googled the bachelor to see what everyone knew. And and searched on Twitter and and then just gathered all the gossip. She probably's got other stuff too to use in her back pocket. Like it's like little like bombs here or there, you know. But when Victoria confronted her in the hotel room, Alea had this like smile on her face, like this smirk, like ha ha ha. And I was like, if Peter like Peter saw this, like I don't think he'd be into this, or would he be into this? Is a guy like when she's like puts her foot down and is like, I don't care what anybody says about me, you know? No, Peter seems to like all the girls that cry constantly. Like oh. he likes Victoria F. He likes when Victoria, uh, he, or yeah, Victoria P. and Victoria F. They both cry all the time. But then to the other girls, they're they're real rough with them <laughs> with each other. Well, so he likes the real like demure presence. Like he doesn't. Well, if I was one of those girls, I would walk away immediately. Like if if the first fight would happen, I'd be like, I'm not cut out for this. And also, are you allowed to? I haven't watched The Bachelor in so long. If you don't like Peter anymore, are you allowed to leave? Oh, yeah. That usually happens like once a season. I would be surprised if it doesn't happen soon or if Peter doesn't send himself home. Like he looks like he needs like a mental health check at the end of that episode. He looked like he was straight in tears. I would do a mass walkout if I was those girls. Like <laughs> he's, I mean, like, by the way, because he's showing that he is not a decision maker at all and he can't Mm-mm. stick to a decision. So how is he going to st- stick to a lifetime of love, which is what the show promises? Exactly. And all these girls have now gotten enough screen time to get themselves on paradise. Like they've come to do what they need to do. Like go out with some dignity, go high, scream at someone and just peace out. We'll see you in the summer. Do we really want anybody to go out with dignity? Like, do we want, like, does anybody like (laughs) the, the most, the most even keeled episode of the bachelor yet? You know, (laughs) that's not why we watch It's It's not going to work. No. And also I, like I said, I haven't watched in a couple of years. 
why is Chris Harrison getting creepier to me? Like he's popping up in the weirdest places where I'm like, I don't think he should be there. You know, like it just seems like even production doesn't know sometimes when he's there. You know, he's just like, hey, how you doing? It's like he's like stuck away in the back closet and they like only let him out for an hour. I am Chris Chris Harrison. (laughs) I will tell you you're going to Cleveland. No, um, is is it true that Chris Harrison dated some one of the contestants from The Bachelor? Um, or did I just I did I just make up a so. new scoop? Okay. But if that happened, I'd love to see it. Like, okay, so, yeah, you'd lo- I'd love to see it too. Wait, what if what if Chris Harrison is the Bachelor one day and he has to talk oh, himself down? Like, if, I love it. The stressful situations he has to pull himself aside, and he's like, Chris, you you know, I feel and stressed. He like, talks in a big mirror. Yeah, and like- he goes, Hey, you, I know you. <laughs> okay, so the last question I want to. So Victoria, the girl with the the drug addict mom that beat her drug addiction. Yeah. Which is that Victoria F or Victoria P? Victoria P. And when I know all these girls' names, it'll be like the sweet release of death will take me. Like I'll be ascended to like heaven because I just <laughs> I'm so scared I'm never going to know all their names. So Victoria P. I feel like last week was a risk in terms of game. If you play in a social game that she told her like the most intense things about her family immediately. And Mm -hmm. Peter seemed really into it. I mean, it was like really responsive and they kissed, but now she went on again and like did another kind of intense thing with the whole Alea thing. But also like, I just feel like, Peter is like at one point he was like it's just it's this this is a lot to take in. She's really, you know, really sharing a lot, which he keeps asking, but I feel like with a guy you scare them off like the more you share that early on. Is that true do you think? Uh uh 100%, like but also like it's not normal social dating situations and like the bachelor has a history of like you want to put out your most like vulnerable self the first time you get any alone time with someone. So I kind of understand it. She just comes on really strong. Like she doesn't really, she just keeps crying. She doesn't back it up and like, I guess it show the strong part of herself or the, you know, what it's taught her. It's like, she just, continues to be vulnerable and cry and it's a lot i used to make people listen to the last part of every podcast just to get a real clear sense of who i am (laughs) and uh yeah no dates no dates so um okay so this was great this was an awesome wrap-up i just wanted to talk with somebody about this because this is a no guest show and my mom is coming in town tonight i'm going to get her so we have to find a good way to get um suggestions for my mom do you think that should just be like an instagram like story and then we just have people throw story like story questions or something yeah, just have them collect all the questions, choose the ones you like, leave out the ones you don't. <laughs> now, uh, I got to find out, uh, I'm getting like taxes. What do I do with the, no, like I, I, I should just ask you just normal questions. I'm like, how do you get stained? I actually did my taxes today. You did? <laughs> I did. I'm like, I was looking at that cutoff date and then I'm like, oh, you could also get a 90 day extension on that. So wouldn't that be great if one podcast episode was just me doing my taxes? Just, just to like talk personal it, life stuff. Just to like talk it through. In the mail. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Carry the one. Okay. That's good there. Um, Linda, where can we find you? <laughs> um, at, on Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram. I'm at, no, at, what's your address, Linda? Linda? No, I'm in Chicago. You can't get to me. Um, I'm at uh, Linda Rutt, one, two, three, one. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Hey guys, I am recording in my car. I don't know, so this might sound a little weird. So sorry, today's episode is a little pastiched together. Um, so my mom is coming to town for the weekend, as I've said multiple times. And uh, so it's not as um, clip heavy 
as it usually is. So I apologize for that, but I still think this is a really good weird show. But Monday's show or Tuesday's episode is going to be very big. I'm going to move the cheer stuff because I really want to take some time with that and add a lot of clips. So the cheer stuff that I talked about at the beginning, that's going to be on Tuesday's episode along with Vanderpump Rules and my mom and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, but right now it was the guest I was talking about, um, earlier. It's, uh, my friend Eva Ward. And I think this is a really funny, weird, enjoyable conversation. There's some reality stuff in here, but it's a lot of stuff about families, how much we love our families, how weird families are, uh, the holidays that we're just coming out of. So I hope you guys enjoy this. This is Eva Ward. Uh, funny story about her is that I, I believe I know her because I did a podcast called Please Advise with Molly McAleer and she was one of the first people to reach out after that podcast and she said, I stan Ryan Bailey and I didn't know what stan meant at the time and she was the first person to explain what stan was. So, uh, Eva Ward, welcome to the show. Hi. Oh my gosh. I'm really stoked to have that legacy in your life. Isn't that crazy? I, I had no idea a couple of years ago what Stan meant or I mean, Stan culture, any, like I was such, that was like the first podcast I had done in this kind of realm. And I had no idea what half the things people on Twitter were talking about. <laughs> just, just happy to be there. It was such, it was such a better time. It was such a better time of my life. Um, the other thing I need people to know about you is that you're in Philadelphia right now because your parents are there, but mm -hmm. you live overseas, right? Yeah. I, um, currently live in Dublin, Ireland, but, um, I'm home. Well, this is my new home. My parents moved to Philly from San Francisco this year. We're like, we're nomads, but most of my life, um, growing up in San Francisco, but I have a fun fact for you, which is that I'm actually a Valley girl. I was born in Glendale. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, so born in you live there until like how old? Um, like two. We, oh, well, we okay. lived in Pasadena. Um, and then my parents moved to San Francisco when my sister was born. I was like, you didn't get a job at two and had to relocate. Um, yeah. I was a baby actress. <laughs> why? I mean, okay, so this is the question and I, I don't, I, why do you live overseas? What's the, I mean, like I keep, like, I, I've always wanted to know uh, what do you do? I just want to know what you do. Like, why are you over there instead of America? I basically, after I graduated from college, I, um, well, I studied abroad in college and I think that's where I just kind of got bit by the travel bug. I was yeah. in Florence and then I always oh my God. knew I Florence wanted is my to favorite. like, that's, that's yeah. the best place I've ever, I mean, I went to Spain this summer and that was amazing to Florence. Just like that was magical to me. Yeah, it was incredible. I literally like my school or whatever was just right across from the Duomo and oh. I just like walked around. Yeah. Like I took an art history class and we were in the Uffizi looking at like, you know, the actual Venus painting oh to God. study. And I was just like, wow. So that kind of got me going. And then, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do after college. Spoiler alert. Still don't. <laughs> and <laughs> Hey guys, follow her on Instagram. I don't think she really does know what she's doing. So I'm joking. No, it's true. <laughs> It's true. Follow me to nowhere. But, um, yeah. And so I decided to do teaching English as a foreign language. I got a TEFL. Um, and then once I was in Wait, is TEFL, Thailand, is that a cold? What is that? It's, is it what? I said, is that a cold? What is a TEFL? TEFL. T-E-F-L. Is that like it's a just, teaching degree or? It's a T. Yeah. It's like a teaching degree where you can teach English to someone who speaks any language. Like you don't, um, 
need to know the language. So it involves at the beginning, a lot of like mime (laughs) basically (laughs) and, and phonics and sounding out, um, you know, sounds and stuff. But yeah, so I did that originally in Thailand. And then once I was over there, I was just like obsessed with Southeast Asia. Um, so I lived there for a couple of years and then, um, through traveling around there and meeting all kinds of people who were doing that too. And other like expats or whatever. Um, I found out about the working holiday visas you can do in Australia and New Zealand. And so altogether that added up to about five years of my life. And then when it was time to move back, sort of at the beginning of this year, I was like, not really feeling moving back to America because one of the things that I realized I liked so much living in Australia and New Zealand was like free healthcare and like lots of vacation days. Yeah. And I was like, I not feeling like I, like my mom and dad and sister, you know, they just, they can never really leave. They get like 10 vacation days a year and yeah, that wasn't yeah. going to work for me. I'm Wait, kind so of like a permanent vacationer. Overseas, what's the vacation situation like? What I mean? Like I just started a new job right before Christmas and I've got 26 days standard, but that'll go up the longer I work there. Wow. So like that's... Yeah. That's crazy. So like it's just something that you kind of fell in love with and you're not in any kind of rush to come back to the States. Yeah, I'm just not in a rush. I mean, like actually, to be honest, visiting Philadelphia, which my parents just moved here and it's actually my first time even visiting the city, but I love it. Have you been to Philly? Yeah, a a bunch of times, actually. I love it. I think it's it's like a really I don't I don't even know what the specific vibe is. It's just a great city. It's like super. I don't know. It's it like. It's a very American history, which sounds lame, but is really, no, really I cool mean, to just be around. Of our, our nation, like huge moments happen there. Totally is. And also I just like, I remember being like the only person I knew who was obsessed with real, real world Philly. I just loved oh that God. season of the real world. <laughs> Wait, do you, you, I mean, you get all these reality shows overseas. Like I, I think you watch all of them. How do we oh get, how do we get past seasons of the real world? It's the one show that I have not been able, there's not a hub for the real world seasons. I know. It's so annoying. MTV's like, it's just really hard to find, I feel like, like archives of their shows. I don't get it. It feels like they have so many amazing shows. Like I was looking at this MTV plus and they had at least like a lot of true life episodes, but I was like, why wouldn't you have real world episodes? Cause I was trying to watch Siesta key because I'm a glutton for punishment and it's a fucking yeah. awful show, but like <laughs> I would kill to go back and watch some of those early seasons of the real world. Like, Oh my God. They kill. literally made me who I am. Like yeah. I, I'm little bits of like, you know, Trishel and Oh um, my God. The Vegas fit. season was so good. I mean, that's the first time I think I even, uh, that's the first time I was like, wait a minute. People have sex with three people. Like there's yeah, three me ways. Too. I was like, was what? Grin. With the tongue ring. I was yes. like, I was so, I was so fascinated with her. I was like, I can't believe she has this tongue ring. I can't believe she's had sex with girls and it was fun. It was and so I was like, taboo. nine, yeah. but I was like, I'm going to be an alternative adult. I can already tell. Yeah. No, it was like, is that, and then right, remember Ruthie from Hawaii? Oh and my like, God, Ruthie. Like I would kill to go back and watch Amaya and Colin work at the surf shop or, um, uh, what was the, oh, or uh, like Fitz and Johnny bananas wasted and the keys and Frankie being a cutter. Oh my God, Frank! No, San Diego oh, was dark yeah. as hell. Yeah, who it was really the guy was. that rode the motorcycle? Uh, uh, what's his name? Or was that Austin? I'm, I've seen so many that I've like kind of blend them all in my mind now. So I need they to go blend, back and, and watch. we and we don't get to rewatch. So we're, we're working off like very deep memories here. Like I want to know why there has to be a reason why they're not. 
there must be some kind of rights reason or like music licensing or something that there's no reason why those shouldn't be available to us. Or because like the real world was a really dangerous social experiment. (laughs) Not that chill. I liked when it started off where it started was like real world, like the first season in New York. And it was like kind of like this really gritty social commentary about, you know, Mm. like race relations, all these kind of different homosexuality, all this stuff. And then it got eventually it got to just like just like people just like fucking after a bar. Yeah. Like Like former former cheerleaders like making nachos at four in the morning and fighting with like workout yes. guys. And I was so into it. Cause like, I remember when they used to make them like have a job and like, they'd all work at the same the fake place. jobs. The fake jobs were amazing. Like why even include that? Do you remember that one season when they went to London and the kid did like a one man show in their loft? Cause he was like, so bummed. He didn't have anything to do. He was an actor. <laughs> No, I don't. Oh my god, it was like it it was a bad season. It was just like a really off season, and it was like always gloomy outside. And you're like, this isn't like actually that fun to watch. Um, uh, Whenever they went abroad, it kind of like didn't quite work because I just I think I don't know. There was something about like the types of people that were on the real world, just like not really giving a shit about being in a new country and wanting to explore it. Like I remember that with Paris and Sydney, it was just like they didn't give a shit. They could have just been down the street yeah, on the sound stage and they yeah exactly they can get drunk anywhere what was the scene with the girl i forgot what remember and it was like oh you know you're not going to do that because you're a homosexual and then he hit her oh my god what, yeah remember when it was, like, Who the was girl, that? it was like the kind of wacky girl and oh she she had like curly hair she's a white girl with freckles and i think it was a, a black dude that he she said he was gay and he was covering it up and she's he was like ah. was that new no that wasn't new orleans i know god i gotta i know it's ugh. I'll, you would I'll know you yes. you were obsessed with the new orleans one weren't oh, you? oh yeah totally yeah yeah i feel like i heard you talk about that on a I was, one time uh, I was just hoping that overseas that would be another thing that they had over us is that they had all the seasons of the real world you could get. No. Do you know the thing that I have is I have Hey You um, or Hi You. I don't really know how you say it, um, which is amazing because it gets all the Bravo stuff and it gets like Kardashians, which I don't really watch, but like snapped just like any type of show that a person who enjoys watching like housewives would like, it yeah. has a lot of the Bravo stuff and um, it gets all of that stuff within hours of it airing in the States. So I discovered that in Australia and it works in Ireland too. And it's a lifesaver. Like, I don't think I could live abroad without that. Is, I mean, how does pop culture work over there? I mean, I've been, I know like, you know, music travels and stuff like that, but in terms of reality shows and Bravo, is there a fan base over there for that stuff? There is a fan base, but like, it's, it's not the same as, I don't know. I mean, you know, like we're in all the same Facebook groups and that's how we became friends is from like listening to the same pods and stuff like that. And there's definitely nothing like that. Like when people find out that I'm in like real housewives adjacent, cause, and and that's kind of their main thing is they have the housewives, Mm -hmm. but they're like a couple seasons behind. And so there are people who really like the housewives, but that's kind of it. And they don't really understand the whole, like bravo world vanderpump rules isn't big which is really difficult for me to explain my personality to people without them knowing <laughs> what vanderpump well, rules they, is they do air it they don't they air it in australia though um or maybe it's just I, not as big because i thought i i thought i remembered seeing like an australian ad for it or something or they have it because they have it on hey you which is oh, really that, really okay, big so that's so, it. okay yeah but you have to kind of already be no. into it to like even have a Hey You account because you pay monthly for that. It's sort of like Netflix or whatever. And so I think it's just, it doesn't have the mass appeal. 
Um, and it's, yeah, it's not really the same, but I'm really dedicated to it. And like, like none of my housemates will watch it with me, you know? So that's like if I wanna... like that doesn't even interest them at all. Like, no, because I think if you just like jump into an episode of Vanderpump rules, like now, I mean, we're addicted because the first few seasons were liquid gold. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now we just sort of like put up with the format, but when they see it, it just kind of seems like another generic reality show where people kind of shout at each other. And like with housewives, I feel like whenever someone else is around me, I always happen to be watching a reunion, which is like the worst way to get someone yeah. involved in a housewife show. It was, <laughs> so. it was, I, I made my parents watch Vanderpump Rules and, and I, I aired that or I, I recorded the podcast with them. And I, this past week I made them watch the season finale of this past season. And I had to apologize to them because I was like, this isn't a good episode. Like this is not, and they still liked it because, you know, I guess, you know, anybody likes shiny things and they want to be supportive yeah. of me, but I had to be like, it's, I, you know, I showed them the slap episode from season two, uh, over Thanksgiving and it's nothing in comparison to what the show is now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And, and even if I'm watching, but, and I also don't like apologizing for my, it's so like deeply my thing. And I'm just like, if you don't get it, I don't have time to like sit around and explain why, why certain bits are incredible and iconic to you. Like if that doesn't click with you, I just rather watch it on my own because like, this is deeply important to me. (laughs) I can't, I can't deal with thinking that you don't like it and that I'm like, you know, needing to explain it to people. So I'm just like, that's, that's, my thing. that's the worst feeling in the world is that I usually have that with stand-up specials. Like I remember yeah, exactly. making somebody watch like, um, I forgot it's this stand-up. I really loved his special on Netflix and I just thought it was so unique and funny. And then I was explaining it to my buddy and he was like, well, let's watch it. And then I just sat there and watched him watch it. And I was never, yeah. I was so nervous that he wasn't going to like it. And then I was like, then, then I even started second guessing myself and I was like, well, this mm-hmm. isn't that funny. This isn't as funny as I thought it was, you know? And that's what happens. You go back and you're like, how could I have thought this was so funny? Yeah. These jokes are landing flat. And then, and then, <laughs> then I remember he was like, no, it's really good. I'm like, yeah, it is good. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. It is. Good. I knew it. I, I thought it was good. Um, uh, a couple more questions before we get into what I actually want to talk to you about. So, yeah. you, so I always see, are you like a big raver? You always seem like you're at a rave or something. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a raver. I do rave. I do rave pretty often. I mean, are you one of those like I like deep house trance music or like, you know? I like house music. I like drum and bass music. When I went traveling, I met like a lot spoiler alert, not that many Americans travel, especially not for extended periods of time. So most of the people that I met traveling were English and like that kind of music is just really big over there and in Australia too. And so um yeah, I just got into it. I also um, don't mind partaking in certain mind-altering <laughs> substances, and that's a big part of that scene. And it's just, yeah, I love it. It's fun. I mean, and that's kind of really what I want to talk about is mind-altering substances in terms of the holidays. And uh, <laughs> right. we were talking because you were at your parents' house, and uh, we kind of brought up the fact that uh, you like to get stoned when you're uh, with your parents, right? Yeah, Why I mean, I you kind of always like to, to get stoned. <laughs> Is it like, is it uh, like a self-medication thing? Is it, cause I have my own personal stories with this. So what is it something just to like help cope with the holidays? Yeah. My, my family argue and it's like, it's a non-event for them. Like it's just sort of like super reactive, super like 
you know, yeah. in the moment, something annoys them. Everybody gets annoyed and then they're all shouting and then they'll all just go totally back to normal and it's fine. And they walk it off. And I'm like Shattered, very yeah. sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> so like totally. that stuff destroys me and I'll need to like, like I'll be like deeply sad after a s- nothing argument. And so one thing I noticed about myself is that I can't, I don't think I've ever argued with someone when I'm high, but I cannot <laughs> say the same for alcohol. Yo, and, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Alcohol's the yeah. worst. Like I've had the worst arguments that make no sense the day later when I'm drunk. Oh, stop. It's, it's the story of my life. So, um, as an adult, I like, as in the last few years, I've kind of leaned more into like a 60, maybe 70% stoned, 30% alcohol kind of a vibe for my <laughs> you know so relaxing unlike a 70 30 <laughs> i'm gonna try to do 72 28 in the new year but that's like when i'm partaking in substances not just like all the time i'm 100 yeah. sober usually during the day but um yeah so my family drink a lot and so i just it's important for me to remember to go out and get stoned so that i don't get all riled up and argue and get sensitive because they'll kind of keep it moving you know they'll like have a little disagreement and then just like keep it moving. And so I can kind of go with that flow a lot better when I'm high. Yeah, it is. It is interesting what people are used to. Like my ex was really like grew up in a very Italian uh, family and a lot of screaming and yelling. And that's what Mm -hmm. she was very used to. And I remember going back to her place for uh, a holiday. And like one of the first times I, I was staying over at her family's house and you just heard them, we were going to bed and you just heard them arguing of like, you know, don't drink, Frank. If you drink, I'm going to leave. Well, why don't you yep. leave then? And like, I was fucking floored. I yeah. was like, I could not fall asleep. And she passed out immediately. She had the best <laughs> night of sleep because she's used to it. Like she was used yeah. to that vibe. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's my family. We're, we're Irish, um, but it's very similar, <laughs> very similar kind of like, um, if anyone heard our, our, my parents' fights or like me and my sister or whatever, they'd be like, oh, wow, that, that family's like, that's that's a broken family now. Like they can't repair that. But like that's just <laughs> that's just a random. Um, yeah, that was probably over someone like putting a glass in the wrong place or something, and then they just keep it moving after. But um, I, yeah, because I've been living away for like five years, I'm not like I don't really acclimated anymore. Yeah, I'm not used to it anymore. So I'm like you. I'm awake. Like, oh my god, are they gonna t- divorce now? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, <sorry>. no, <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> it is crabby. My parents have been together almost fifty years now, and it's like. I don't even see how that's possible. Like, I, I mean, the older I get, the more I'm like, how, I mean, how do you stay with somebody for that long and not like, it just, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. No relationship is perfect, but it's just insane to think about that long with somebody. It's insane too, because I'm like, I don't know if I would want to stay with someone if we were arguing that much. But then at the same time, there's something kind of really nice about the security of like, it's really not about the arguing, like we're committed we're yeah. each other's family. So whatever happens, like, it's not like we're going to be like, Whoa, that was a big fight. Should we break up? It's like, yeah. I mean, there, you it know. Is, I mean, it is it's, it's something I go back and forth with of like, yeah, you don't want to be arguing with the person every day at all. But at the same mm. time, what do you, what do you owe a relationship? Like there are waves, there's like, you know, ups and downs in any relationship. One year could be horrible and the next three could be great. You know, like, what are you, yeah. I don't know. It's all crap that goes on in my mind. So a fun thing about my family though, is you smoke weed around your family or do you have to go outside? Or are you allowed to do it in front of them? Um, I can do it in front of them, but I can't do it in the house. Hells no. Yeah, my mom I mean, has the nose of a bloodhound. And even when she smoked when I was growing up, it was never in our cars or in the house. So yeah. Did you ever outside. get in trouble for doing drugs? 
Um, well, I, you know what? I didn't even really in high school. It was like the worst thing I could have done next to like killing someone would have been smoking weed. Yeah. My parents were so anti-drug growing up. And like, like I said, we're Irish. They were kind of a little bit more lenient about drinking. Like by junior year, I remember them saying stuff to me, like, you know, like we know you're going to have a few beers, just like be responsible. Like, don't take the piss. Like, you know, don't, you know, don't get crazy, but don't like, take the we piss. know. Oh, are you slipping in and slang? <laughs> oh, stop, Ryan. I don't know where anything I say comes from anymore. Like I have so many weird language influences that I just, I don't remember what country any of my sayings come from. So pardon me if I sound like a douche, I get it a lot, but, um, but yeah, I remember it was just like the one thing that you just couldn't do was get high. So I feel like I smoked weed a couple of times in high school and you know, like when you, you don't know how to smoke weed and you get too high and you yeah. forget how to talk and you're like, oh weed doesn't agree with me. Yes. I was like that all through high school. And then when I went to college in Colorado, um, I started smoking more and more and just like pushed past that comatose <laughs> well, I, phase. <laughs> I love we all did that, whether it be with cigarettes or drinking, it's immediately yeah. horrible. And you're like, I got to make this so it's not horrible anymore. Yeah. So how do I get this to work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and around when I was in college around that time was when weed started becoming like decriminalized kind of in California more and more. Yeah. Um, and my parents, like people my mom worked with would be like taking CBD or like even like gummies, like edibles and stuff. And so she was getting more and more curious. And, um, well, yeah, Nan- that's Nan- when- Nancy at the uh, sewing circle said CBD is good for my body. <laughs> more like, more like, so Tim from work has got these, um, these gummies and he said he can get the kind that won't give me the munchies <laughs> and it won't make me paranoid. So can you bring home some of that kind? Maybe we could all try it together as a family. So you brought your parents home edibles? Yeah, that was no, I I brought weed. That was actually how it went down. It was one Thanksgiving my mom was like we did like a family group call cuz I was in Colorado and my sister went to school in New Orleans and we were on like a group call before Thanksgiving and my mom's like so Hi, Larry, if you're listening. <laughs> she she's not, but I will tell her you said <laughs> hi. Um she yeah, so so my mom was like here's the deal. Like, this is what we're having for Thanksgiving dinner, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So next item on the agenda, she was like, um, I think we should all at home, just the four of us. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this and I think we should get stoned. I was like, what? (laughs) And this was like the first time she'd kind of brought it up. Like I was still sort of hiding that I was smoking weed at school and stuff and like would never really smoke it at home without like, unless I was sneaking it. And she was just like, yeah, I've been talking to people at work and it sounds like it's just really like a mellow vibe. She was using all these terms. I was like, where is she getting these? But she was basically like, Eva, can you bring some weed home so that we can all smoke it after Thanksgiving dinner? And I was like, um, yeah, hundred percent. Like I have weed at home anyway. So that's fine. <laughs> I don't need to go out and get it. Like I've got it. But um, I mean, were you, was your mind fucking blown that you're, I mean, that to me would be a jaw dropping request from my mother. It was sort of a gradual thing. Like, I just remember my parents are really like, they're very liberal. Um, you know, weed was never their thing, but they, they party and like their friends who smoked weed would smoke weed at the house outside kind of like, I remember smelling it a few times growing up. So like they were around it. They just personally didn't do it. And they really didn't want me and Clarine to do it. Mm -hmm. I think because it was in their mind drugs, but then like, you know, as the years kind of went on, like, you know, 2000, when was I in college? 2009, 10, 11, you know, it was becoming more like there were articles about, you know, 
the benefits of smoking weed and whatever. So I think they were kind of becoming like slowly and slowly more like, Hmm, yeah. you know, this, this could be interesting. Like maybe we could give it a go. And so, yeah. So basically I had some weed and it was some like at that time in California, it wasn't legal. So I got it from my friends who had a medical, like medicinal yeah. marijuana card. Yeah. So it was like from a dispensary, strong shit. And I was like, right. Okay, guys, we're all going to go sit on the balcony. I've got a pipe. I'll pack us a bowl and we can all just like share a bowl. <laughs> and so we're Your sitting mom out jumps there. off the roof. She's so high. Yeah. Well, oh, no. not quite, but <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> not quite, but they did get, um, completely fucked. But yeah, so I brought out the little bag and, you know, it's like a small bag with some weed in it. My dad was like, Oh my God, that bag back in my day, we used to have like a sandwich bag, Ziploc full. Of I'm like, yeah, dad. Cause that was grass. Like this is medical grade. Like it's going to be, you know, like this is going to be strong, you know? He's like, give me <laughs> so, that. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. He's like, Oh my God. What is that weed for babies? You know, like <laughs> I remember getting high and I was like, Oh Jesus, here we go. Like they are not going to understand how strong this weed is, which was my first indication that this might not be a good idea. But anyway, um, so we passed the bowl around and I remember my dad taking the first hit and he's doing that thing, you know, where you like, like in the movies where they really suck in to try and get high. He's like, <laughs> he's like, this is good shit. This is really good shit. And I was like, I was like, dad, exhale right now. You are going to get so baked. Oh. And then he passes it to my mom and she's like, I don't want to do what he did. I don't want to get too baked. And so she just kind of takes a little puff yeah. and blows it out. And then whatever way my sister and I were passing the bowl back and forth. And I guess we were actually just like getting really stoned. And we didn't realize that my parents had got up and gone back inside. And at some stage I was like, where are mom and dad? And she was like, oh fuck, we better go in and go in and check. <laughs> where are mom and <laughs> so I know it, it, it was like, Oh Jesus, we forgot about them. Where are the kids? But they're the parents. And so, um, we go inside and the first thing I see is my dad and the TV is on like volume 76. It's so loud. (laughs) It's family feud with Steve Harvey, which is for some reason, my dad's like favorite show. And the weirdest thing about it was he was sat on the couch, my dad, but he was sitting like crisscross applesauce, you know, like with his leg, which is like, so I've never in my life before or since seen my dad sit like that. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was like seeing a dog walk on its hind legs and he was on the couch, crisscross applesauce, like laughing, like an insane person. He was just like, (laughs) (laughs) and everything Steve Harvey was saying, I was like, dad, are you okay? And he just turned and looked at me and kept laughing and pointing at the TV. Like, (laughs) and i was like jesus christ dad where's mom and he was like um i think he just goes i think she's eating ham and i was like oh my god so i go into the kitchen and my mom is like face down in the deli drawer of the fridge eating ham and she looks at me with this like frantic look on her face and she's like i thought you said it wasn't gonna give me the munchies (laughs) i was like god damn she cannot cannot control it and she's upset already while she's eating yeah she's like damn you this was supposed to be different i wasn't (laughs) i wasn't supposed to eat all the ham you promised um so i was like mom i'll make you a ham sandwich like just don't eat the ham out of the drawer um and she was like okay so i go out check on my dad again he's still like gassed up laughing at steve harvey so i come back to check on mom to bring her the ham sandwich can't find her i'm like where is and i hear my sister upstairs going mom no and i run upstairs and (sighs) she is cutting her hair Oh, with what? the kitchen scissors, just what? a trim. And we're like, what are you doing? And she turns, my mom's like really into celebrity news and stuff. <laughs> 
And she, keep in mind, this is like 2010. Yeah. Um, she turns to me and she goes, I look like Surrey Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Who was, I think, four years old at the time. <laughs> oh she just really felt like whatever way she looked at herself in the mirror she was like oh my god i look like sarah cruz so she decided to give herself a haircut so anyway we got the scissors away from her we somehow put my mom down wait wait so she was like oh wait she was upset about looking like sarah cruz right or she was like i love she was upset yeah no she was upset she looked like sarah cruz and so she was trying to remedy the situation by giving herself uh like she was using the meat scissors from the kitchen too. Oh like it was, God. Oh my God. And at that point you realize you made a mistake, right? Oh yeah. No, I realized I made a mistake when she was face down in the ham drawer. I realized I made a mistake when my dad was sitting crisscross applesauce. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like when I tell this story, people think the craziest part is my mom cutting her hair, but it's 100% seeing my dad sit like that. I mean, for you, for you, that's the craziest. I mean, for us, yeah, it's that, it's that cutting hair with a kitchen knife. My dad's not like athletic. I didn't even know his legs could bend like that. I've just never, <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm such an asshole. I would have just picked up my phone and started filming and you know what? tried to interview that. I'm, like I would have messed with it so much. There were no Instagram stories. So what it would have been was probably oh. one of those like old school. I don't even know. I probably had like a, no, not a razor, but I probably had, I probably had a Blackberry at that point. So the quality on those, yeah. was, you know, okay. So it really not so wasn't, much. we couldn't have done it. So, um, my, so that's, let me, I'll fill you in on my story a little bit yeah. is that my dad, and this is why you guys listening at home. If you listen to the old podcast about Kardashians, I said this a couple times in there when my mom didn't listen was that my dad has smoked weed since like Vietnam. I remember specifically, remember going to school and seeing a say no to drugs film thing and it showed what marijuana looked like and it was like i was like oh my god that's the pencil shavings my dad has in his little tin oh and and then i was like wait a sec does my dad smoke marijuana and i was like third grade or five i was really young and i went home and i asked my mom i was like does dad smoke marijuana and she looked like she had seen a ghost or like she had been prepping for this question her entire life and all my mom told me was that your dad was in Vietnam. So I was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Like, <laughs> you I mean, know I, what it means. But I was just like, what? Like, and so my dad actually told this, uh, yeah, my dad said the story on the podcast a couple weeks ago about yeah. smoking weed for the first time in Vietnam. But the funny thing, well, not the funny thing, but he, he still smokes weed, but he, he hides it from all of us. Like we all know he smokes weed, but he doesn't, he's not outwardly open about it. And like, the other thing he'll do is that now as weed has become legal in California, he has me buy him weed and bring it home to him. But my mom doesn't know that I do that for him. So you're a secret mule. Yes. I'm a drug mule for my dad and I'm totally like, it's totally secretive. And I literally like he, and he always just manages to bungle it some way. Like he like keep, I I bought him a canister that like traps the smell and he fucking mm. lost the canister. So it's like every time I come to visit, it smells like a skunk in the garage. And my mom's always like, is there a skunk out there? Like, my, I, <laughs> And my mom it, inadvertently, like she even did it again this trip. She goes, I think your dad's smoking again. Like, And I'm like, oh, really? Like, I'm like, I'm like, God damn it. Like, she's not really put it together that it's me bringing him the weed. And I'm not a weed smoker except for here and there, you know, like, mm. but like, he's always 
Like I'll come in and like he'll literally like be hands out, like give it to me, give it to me, get like it's like a pass, <laughs> like it's like a pass off, and puts it in his sweatshirt. Yeah, please. it's like a secret pass off. <laughs> and then so finally, I said fuck it this year. I got him the weed. He hid that. But what I decided to do was I bought him a bunch of edibles and I put it in his Christmas gift. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to give this as one of his gifts. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to break that. I'm just gonna like let mom see him open it. And like, let that be the bridge and maybe like more of a truth telling. Like we yeah. need to be open about this. And so I bought, now we like, said it. I bought him a really nice bottle of Jameson's and I bought him edibles and I put it in a package and I was like the bad boy gift, you know? And yeah. uh, my dad opens it. He's like, what is this? You know, he's like all <laughs> playing like a fucking idiot, you know? And, and I was like, and I told my mom I was doing it. He was like, she was like, fine. Like, but I would rather him be weed doesn't really count anymore. It doesn't really matter. And he's not, you know, it just, but there have been times this has gone on my whole life. Like I remember like 10 or 12 years ago before weed was legal, like two stories come to mind. Once I made my friend Susie bake him a tray of weed brownies. And I, I told him when I gave it to him, I said, dad, only take a little bit of this. You, Um. You know, like you, like it's supposed to be really, really strong. And this is a whole tray of brownies. And he goes, I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, and yeah. my mom comes up to me the last day I was in town and she goes, I think your dad used grandma's Christmas money to buy marijuana. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, ah. Uh. And then I was like, why do you think that? And she's like, he's been asleep for 16 hours now. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh my God. And I go out to the garage and I like, he's fucking ate three fourths of the tray. Like he's like, the tray Dude. is like he must have like powered through those things and knocked himself out. Dad's um, just refused to heed warnings in general. I it's find a man thing. At it's, least like, it's, it's a stupid man culture. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, you, you don't even, Oh God, you don't even smoke weed. And they eat a whole tray of brownies. Okay. Yeah. And then he, then, then it, like the, right before it was legal, like all my friends were getting medical marijuana cards. So I went to get a medical marijuana card so I could – not for me, so I could buy yeah. my dad weed. Like, and I remember going in there and they're like, oh, yeah, it's totally normal. You go to the doctor and you say you have a headache or you need to – you know, blah, blah, blah. And they'll just give it to you. And I'm like, OK. So I go to the medical marijuana lady. I go to see the doctor and she starts asking me questions and I was like, oh, I'm really stressed out. Da, da, da. And she's like, you know, you should see a therapist or something. And I'm like – wait a sec, am I not going to get the fucking card? Like, is she not going to pass me? Like, and of course, I'm stressed out about my glaucoma. But at the end, of course she gets, she, I guess has to ask those questions, but I got really paranoid that all of a sudden she, I was like, is she going to send me to an actual doctor? Um, but like I bought weed for him so many times and he always, like, I just know that I'm going to get caught and I'm not even part, like, I just don't know what the right move here is. And at this point I would have to tell my mom I've been doing it for so long and that's just horrible. So you just let her think that he stole from your grandma. Yeah, or I, or I yeah. just go like, I go, <laughs> That's oh, the move. Well, dad's being crazy. I, get, I, I mean, I just kind of like shrug it off and then change the topic, you know? Oh, that's so funny. What? So what else? I mean, do you have, what was this well, Christmas like? What was this holiday like? Th- this holiday, like they've learned their lesson, but there were a few years after the initial incident where they were like, like, weirdly enough after that they were like that was that was cool we should get stoned again um my dad was kind of like no i'm good i think he freaked himself out by sitting like that to be honest but anyway my mom was like my legs my legs hurt yeah my mom was like i'm down for more she like went to work told everyone how high she got and how she cut her hair like sari cruz and they were all like oh my god hilarious 
And she was like, yeah, I want more. So she, she didn't want to smoke cause she used to smoke cigarettes for like her whole entire life. And it took her so long, like most of my childhood to quit. So she was not down to really like smoke it, but so she got into edibles, which I mean, terrifying. That is the the one like edibles are so dangerous to me because those are the ones, those are the times like after you get over that initial, when you're smoking weed, that first time when you get really high, the edible is the only thing that's been like, where I've been like worried that I'm not going to make it out alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you get a wrong edible, like you're toast for like hours. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the most absolutely crazy way for non weed takers to get involved with weed. Like, yeah, it's I mean, just, it's just like, really, and the sad thing is now they taste so damn good that like, you know, sometimes I'll have a bite of an edible and I'm like, that's dangerously good. Yeah. Not going to lie. I did the same thing as your dad and ate half a tray of brownies in high school and had to tell my mom that I did it because I was like, I'm dying. And it was the scariest night of oh, my life. And I, I thought I, the first time I got, I thought it was like right around the time river Phoenix died. And, oh. and, um, I didn't realize that was like heroin. I thought I was like, OD on <laughs> mar- I was like, Oh my God, I've OD'd on marijuana. Like I did. I can't yeah. believe it. Like I just, and you, you, if you look at somebody, it's all like distorted. It's just like a mm-hmm. mess. It's terrifying. And you can't move. Like I, that's the thing that happened. I remember not being able to move my arms and legs. And I was like, Oh fuck, this is like my body slowly shutting down one by one. Next, <laughs> These are the next is going to go my nervous system. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I remember trying to, trying to push in a door and then I, it wouldn't go in, so I just gave up and sat on this patio. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, somebody just walked by me and just opened the door right up. And I'm like, "How the fuck was I not able to open that door?" And this guy just opens it right up. Yeah, you're like, cool. Well, he's magical. Better follow him around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you really, you can't speak. You can't communicate. Like I remember no. the one time I would just look at somebody and I'd say like, "Dying, dying," and then they just like people just left me alone. Like they just like put me in a I- corner. I still have a special bond with my friend from high school, Marielle, because one of the first times I smoked weed, when I lost the ability to speak, we went to a burrito place and I couldn't order. Yeah. I was looking at the menu and she called out my exact burrito order that I wanted, that I was thinking of in my head, but I couldn't say out loud. And I was like, ever since then, I've just felt like she's in my brain. (laughs) What if your friend actually has a dangerous power that she's just not told you? Yeah, she was like, was that what you really wanted? And I nodded yes, and she was like, fuck, I don't know. That just came to me. <laughs> it was just, it was just like think, a cheese burrito. <laughs> no, it was like very specific. It was like no sour cream, like extra this. It was super specific. So, um, yeah, we, we were just like telecommunicated, I guess. So your but, mom's um, into edibles now, though? Not anymore, but she, she went through a phase, and I'll tell you why she's not anymore. So, like, I remember one Thanksgiving <laughs> a few years after that. Yeah, we'd be like, you know, have Thanksgiving dinner and then like afterwards everyone's just having kind of like a drink, sitting around the table. And then I remember she all of a sudden, I'm not kidding, my mom's so extra, but like you just hear Aquarius come on, you know, this oh, the is hair? the dawning of the oh, year. My yeah. God. Ryan, Ryan, put in Ages of Aquarius right here. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Oh, perfect. And so then she comes out with this tray of chocolate covered blueberries. She's like swaying to the music and she's like oh. passing it around to my great aunt, to my dad, to me. <sighs> And I'm like, what is this? And she's like, these are edible blueberries. Like, let's all get stoned. And I was like, what? Uh, she, <laughs> she's like naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, thank God she was not. But we did eat the blueberries. And it was like, I mean, everybody was just dropping like fight. Like, even for me, it's a blur because we had drank so much. And then the blueberries came into play. And then I was probably like smoking anyway. And it was just, I just, I, my whole family, I remember being asleep. And then me deciding to like go out to a bar and, 
that's a whole nother story that, it, you know, whatever. Anyway, it was, we were, it was diabolical. The next day we were all like, whoa, that was a bad idea. We need to not be doing drugs as a family. Like who the fuck do we think we are? <laughs> yeah. And like, but, I mean, you seem like you have a not straight laced family, but like a very solid family, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're solid They're Like I said, like they do, they love a drink. They, but that's kind of their lane. And I think they experimented for a while with, weed and edibles but they've gone back into their lane it's pretty much just drinking now but they're they are cool with me smoking like I remember right before we left San Francisco a couple years ago when I went back I was like I arrived and my dad was like hey do you uh still smoke poke smart or whatever (laughs) (laughs) he makes a lot of dad jokes so he was like Um, like, Harvey gave me that one Oh my God. He, yeah. He, that must be where he gets it. He's inspired by Steve Harvey's humor, which is so dark. I don't even want to go there, but, um, yeah. So he was like, Oh, you, do you still smoke pot or whatever? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I, I thought you might. I, uh, talked to the guys at the bar and I managed to get you some stuff. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's from one of the local dispensaries. I was so going to ask like, how you got the stuff. He was like, well, this, this year, my sister's boyfriend got it for me because okay, he's yeah. a big smoker. And so also that was really nice to have him because he would come out with me and smoke and we could decompress while, yeah. um, all the craziness was going on inside. And it's nice to have a little buddy to do that with, but yeah. So now they're just like pretty much completely fine with whoever wants to do it in general. They're like very pro legalization and stuff, but they stay to their lane of you know, beer and wine pretty much. My mom has never smoked marijuana in her life. And at this point I feel like I don't even want to ever try to introduce that to her. Like it would just, I don't think you should, I don't know. Should should you be able to introduce drugs in this late in the game? Speaking from experience? No. Yeah. I I feel like it would just so screw with her perception of everything that she's all about. Yeah, exactly. And And she loves wine. She loves a good gin and tonic. She loves, I mean, she's, she loves a good drink, but she has never done a mind-altering substance at all. Yeah, I think um, my parents definitely have back in the day. Um, they were they were they were partiers, but their long-term vibe since having kids was like, you know, yeah. just cocktails and stuff. And I think, in hindsight, despite the funny stories that are left over, we can all say that it just did not work trying to get them into weed. Now, what was been the, uh, has there been any blow up moments for you? Cause you've been back now. It feels like a couple of Oh my weeks. God, Ryan, it like it's been, been so been long for a long time. <laughs> it has been so long. I'm leaving on Saturday. I've been here for two weeks. We've gone through like multiple burn the house down arguments and yeah. rebirths, like three or four probably since I've been here. Oh my God. And do you, I mean, we, do you like storm out? Do you like, like go up and write I your reg- journal? What do you do? I regress to like, yeah, but I ran, I've run out of weed the last few days, which has been scary (laughs) as hell, but I regress. It's a weird thing happens when I get home. And I think this happens to a lot of people where you're just like, like I have my own rhythm in my life and I'm very like mindfulness. Yeah. And I'm very like, try not to be a reactionary person. Like you can't control what people do to you. You control how you react, all that stuff. Like I really try and like practice that. And then something happened when I step into whatever four walls it is that also include my mom, dad, and sister, all of a sudden I'm the most hormonal, insane 16 year old version of myself. And like when they kick off, I kick off. And when they scream, I scream. And like the drama of it all, I can give like myself a headache from how much I interact with it like that. And so, and then you get even more depressed because you're like, I failed myself. Yeah. (laughs) Like I can get annoyed with them for being like this. 
but I have no leg to stand on if I give in and act like that too. So it's a whole mind fuck. Coming home for this long is scary. We can do good, like, I think like four days, three days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is like a, like I stayed seven days, maybe seven, seven or eight days with my parents this past week. And I would have, it would have been a day or two shorter, but I got sick. And Mm. it just is, it is as much as I love, I, I actually love my parents more and more as I get older, but it is a long time. And especially when, you're not with a significant other or something. Yeah. Because then you're just back to that thing of being their little boy, you know? That's it. And I feel like when I've gone in the past with like a boyfriend or something, first of all, they're on better behavior a little bit. Yeah. And, and then I also think so am I, because I'm just like, I don't, you know, want him to see me <laughs> screaming like a 16 year old <laughs> asshole, you know? So it's well, like, you're, yeah. All your family's like, when people are brought around, they're like the best version of themselves. Exactly. And like Clary, my sister had her boyfriend here. So they were like super chill and they could, they could go off, you know, and retreat together. Like, Oh, we're going to go on a date night or, Oh, we're going to go walk the dog or we're going to do this. Whereas I'm sort of like a solo yeah. trace amigo with my mom and dad. And <laughs> I love trace amigo. <laughs> yeah, I love my parents so much. They're like the coolest people ever. And they are my favorite people to hang out with. I think we're just all a little bit like codependent. Like nobody takes the time to do stuff separately. We're always doing everything together when we're around each other. And yeah, like just like in a relationship that, that explodes. Well, this is actually off topic a little bit, but how does, how does dating work overseas? Are there apps and stuff like that? Do you, is it the same? I mean, I guess it's the same principle of course, to like find love or to date, like, but like overseas, how do you do all of that? Or do you just meet people at like raves and stuff like that? And I mean, (laughs) I've never met, never met a partner. Like I, you, a you, you, you partner lock eyes when there's like drum and bass going on. And then... You've obviously never seen me at a rave. It's I'm not exactly <laughs> dating material, but um, no. <laughs> Wait, I mean, what is your vibe at a rave? Now I'm like really curious. Are you like literally like just throwing up on people? What are you doing? No, I'm not throwing up, but I'm usually on like, um, how can I say this With without acid, like fully Molly. blowing up my spot? Oh, sorry, Mo- sorry, Molly's sorry. not really my thing. <laughs> sorry, like I'm wonky, let's just say. Okay, got it. Um, and my boyfriends absolutely find it adorable, but that's why they're the guys who I've dated. <laughs> I wouldn't say your average Joe at a rave would find it all that attractive. <laughs> but no, um, I, I, I'm not a dating app person. It's just not my medium. Like I can't make myself care about messaging someone I've never met. I can't make myself go on dates with someone that yeah. I'm not already attracted to for some reason, if that makes sense. Well, no, it sounds horrible. Like I don't, I don't, I won't, I don't do apps, won't do apps ever. I mean, like I don't, it just sounds, it, the principle yeah. sounds horrible and certain people really love to do it. And I just like, why would you want to like just meet new people randomly and see if that's a romantic connection? I don't know. I think it's because like everyone's on, we're on our phones so much that like if yeah. someone were to, like, I'm even guilty of this. Like if some guy were to like talk to me, like on the bus or something, I'd be like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, I can't meet anyone. No one talks to me and you've told five people to get away from you that day. Yeah. I'm like, like literally looking at them. Like they have five heads. Like, why would you speak to me? I don't even know you. Like we're <laughs> on the street. Oh my God. I'm like, like <laughs> I feel like, cause like, I'm like, uh, I'm a tall, like, uh, you know, like I, I feel like I, I have a, not a big presence, but I'm like a, you know, like I'm not a, a waif and I like literally yeah. will go out of my way to like 
like walk ahead of a lady or like, you know, you know, like I just don't want to make Oh yeah. To not terrify. Yes. Like I'm just always scared of terrifying some girl. Like I I think that actually comes from like, even in elementary school of like, I remember liking this girl and she didn't like me and I felt so embarrassed. And like ever since that kind of stuff, I try to stay as, I just don't want to be noticed, you know, or like, I feel like I get scared to be noticed, you know? That's how I feel. Like when I'm walking around, especially like where I live in Ireland now, it's so cold. I will like fully like Kenny from South park, like my hoodie is all the way up. You can barely see my eyes. I've got like sunglasses on to keep the wind off my face. Like, you know, and then I'll be like, oh my God, no one ever hits on me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, they can't even see you. Well, that's the thing. Like I'm supposed to like, I hike all the time and I'm like, you know, the people were like, oh, don't, you know, like I don't trust people that don't make eye contact. And I'm like, why the fuck do I have to make eye contact to prove that? Like, of course, yes, I do not. I'm very an insecure person. I don't want to make eye contact with you. That doesn't make me a bad person. I just don't want to make eye contact. I hate making eye contact. I feel like it's really scary to just like it's so look personal. into a stranger's eye. It's a violation. If I you didn't invite you to look then, into your eyes. Then you're going to think I'm actually hitting on you. And I don't want anybody to think that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. well, like Even the people you are hitting on. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't want any, like, I just, it's so like, it, to me, like making eye contact with somebody is kind of sleazy in a way. I think so. I think it's rarely done. Cause you're like, let's meet you're eyes. Just, you can't get the intention of the person looking into your eyes unless you know them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it, cause it could be a really nice person just trying to, you know, make a human connection and be polite. Or it could be like, this is the guy that's going to, you know, take you off the mountain and put you in his car. So it's scary. <laughs> take you off the mountain. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to ever be considered the guy that's like, he might throw me in a trunk, you know, like I would yeah. hate, like, that's fucking terrifying to me. And usually if I make eye contact with somebody, it's like, my eyes are saying, I'm sorry already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> apologetic <icon. laughs> well do your parents then when you come home for things like this do they give you the third degree about like when are you going to settle down are you going to have kids are you going to well, do this yeah i mean i've just come out of two back-to-back long term. like when i was traveling it was really easy to meet people because you're surrounded like you're in hostels and stuff and yeah. you're surrounded by like-minded people so like i was with my ex-boyfriend for three years and then like straight after breaking up with him dated my last ex-boyfriend for two years And so they, I mean, like those were like two back-to-back long-term kind of things. And then since I moved to Ireland, I've been single, but. But didn't you just meet up with your ex? I did. Yeah. Okay. It's so, (laughs) that is so so funny about social media is that I don't think I ever officially knew that any of these people were your boyfriends, but like you start to like (laughs) that one guy, you know, you're like, oh, he always pops up in your stories. And then all of a sudden he wasn't in your stories. And then all of a sudden. I think you He's guys back. went to like Guinness or something like that. Yeah. Or, and I was like, oh, it's the dude from – like to me, Instagram stories are like my television stories because I'm like, it's oh, so, shit, yeah. that guy's back. I know. I feel like I know people. I'm like, oh, I love her niece. Yeah, I'm exactly. Glad. I'm glad they're visiting. And I don't even mean it in – like I really don't mean it in the creepiest way at all. But like you – I do clock these things. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, what happened to that dude? You know, like something must have happened. We- yeah, we all do. Especially I feel like people like you and me who have been following each other for – I mean yeah. I've been – we've been – like connected on Instagram since years like now. Before I went traveling, I think I'm, no, I feel like I, I was still traveling. in San Francisco. I, really? Because I thought you were like from the get go. You were already traveling. Because I think at one point, and I just don't remember the answer. I asked you like, why are you? Did you kill somebody? Like, why are you overseas? Yeah. Are you on the run. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I think yeah. It was after I was in New Zealand. I feel like I remember you when I was on that yoga retreat like a long yeah. time ago. And I used to like talk to story, which I, I just yes. can't even do. Oh, it's, I, it's, it's, I, don't, doing anymore. I don't have the confidence to talk to stories. Like there's a couple no, of people 
that are really good at it. And like, I'm trying, like, that was like, Oh, you've got to learn to be better at it for like the podcast. But I just, I hate looking at my face. So it disgusts yeah. me, you know? I just, I just hate hearing my voice. No, you have a great voice. I didn't even know what your voice really truly sounded like, except for stories. <laughs> That's my goal. That's my goal for no one to know what my voice sounds <laughs> like from stories. Well, I think when I asked you to do this, I was like, I can even like um, make your voice sound like the person from Scream if you want. Yeah, you could have me be like, so then my mom was cutting, she said she looked like Surrey Cruz. It puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> it puts the blueberries <laughs> on the tray. <laughs> <laughs> um so what do you what is your first thing like when you go back do you just have to go straight into work then no I'm, i started a new job like i went to three days before christmas so um i've got like a week off when i get back thank god and then i'm starting a new job which is like kind of oh i get so like i'm just yeah it's scary exactly. but like just bite the bullet you, I just hate being new, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it seems like you're putting yourself in so many situations where you're always the new person. So at a certain point, like, you've got to know how it goes in a way. Face your fears, right? No, I mean, in all honesty, that's one of the good things, I think, about traveling so much as I do. And, like, you know, everyone's always like, how can you afford to do this? And it's like, I'm always working in any country I've ever lived in, with yeah. the exception of, like, a couple of months holiday or something I'm always working so you know I've, I've started like a billion new jobs um attempt a lot which means I'm starting new jobs all the time and I just think it's actually pretty good for your self-esteem because you realize that like I can do it I've done it so many times I can do it so even when I, like I get so in my head about stuff um you know before yeah. it happens I get really nervous but um yeah I just have to remind myself like girl you've done this a hundred times <laughs> so what do you have your first rave lined up um, I don't, I mean, you know what, rave? Are we, what, are, what are they calling them? Are they just concerts? What are we calling them these days? I don't know, like shows, I shows. guess I would usually say I'm going to a show or like a, yeah, a rave, but, um, there's not that amazing of a rave scene in Dublin. So I go, the ones you've probably seen me at recently are when I go to visit friends in England because yeah. it's really big there. Um, but I'll, I'll, def- oh, oh, you'll love this. I'm going to a festival in Albania. It's oh, a music geez. festival. It's a week long. Oh my god, um, that's yeah, too so much. That's going to be epic. Wait, so <laughs> too is, much. Is, this, is that much. all? I mean, is that all house and like all that kind of stuff, or is it like actual bands? It's house, but it's more like what the type of music I really like is like funk house and disco house and trap house, where it's just kind of like jazzy and like Wait, it's how many my house. Houses are there? Uh, girl, there's a whole neighborhood. Did you just call me girl? Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, uh, yeah, moving are, on. <laughs> are you, are you, I mean, but like, are you, will you participate in like the enjoyment of an LCD sound system show? Will you, I mean, or is it just that kind of music? Oh my God. I like all music. Okay. I go to all different kinds of shows. This is the, um, house music is just my favorite to kind of like go to with friends and take something and dance all night. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. Okay, good. Okay. That's so, um, please, uh, I hope you will in the, the new year, the next time you are at one of these raves, you better send me a video that I can actually give to the podcast listeners. I want, uh, you need to talk to the camera. I need updates. I need any kind of drug updates you do this year. Okay. All for the pod. Okay. And, wh- and where can we find you? It's at Eva Ward on Instagram, right? No, I'm Fiefs2413. Oh, of course, Fiefs. Yeah. And why are you Fiefs? Uh, I'm thieves is stupid. I, in college, my voicemail was like, Hey, it's Eva. I'm not here right now. But for some reason, everybody thought I was saying, Hey, it's FIFA. I'm not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone started calling me FIFA. And then eventually that got shortened to thieves. And like 
no one really calls me that anymore because I don't really hang out with that many people from college, but that was when I made all my socials. So I'm F-E-E-F-S-2413 on Twitter and Insta. Okay. Yeah. And you, I get, you know, guys, she is like one of my favorite people that I've never met. So uh, <laughs> uh, please, if you guys uh, give her a follow, I don't think she even really cares if you do or not, but she is a great person. And thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah. It was fun. It was great to finally talk to you in real life. I know, I know. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, that's it. How was it? Was that all right for you? Okay, you guys, this is, uh, we're recording this for the second time. My mom is here. As you know, I've talked earlier about going to pick her up at the airport. So we just record, you're going to find out why this is funny. We're doing this a second time. So you just listened to the whole interview with Eva about my dad um, smoking weed. And the big thing was, did, uh, you know, we, did my mom know? And mom, did you know? Absolutely. How could you not know? So you guys, she did know. So a lot of people said, oh, there's no way she didn't know. And she did know because you could smell it, and, and you he could ate lots of M and M's because you got the munchies. And the, the the thing is, but Dad doesn't know that you know. That cracks me up. So the thing is, is that so we know Dad doesn't know you know. So the mystery continues. <laughs> is that now the mystery deepens? Is that you're fully aware? Dad is not fully aware. You're aware. So we still have a secret to hide. Exactly. But that's why I bought him edibles for Christmas so we could try to to bridge that gap where he could just do it openly if he wanted to. And, and not. I told him that. I maybe said, there's why something. Are you maybe he likes the hiding. hiding. Maybe he likes that. So. That's part of the novelty of it. So you guys just heard that story. So now I'm sure you're comforted in knowing that my mom is aware. Uh, I'm the dummy, not her. And the second the second story while I had her here, and this is the embarrassing part that we have to do this again. <laughs> my father's <laughs> So I wanted my mom here. I wanted to read a news story. And then the reason I want to read this is because it involves a reality star, but it also involves Arizona, where, where my mom is visiting from. And it involves Carol Radziwill and... Uh, the headline is now this was a great interview we just did it's like a five minute interview we're gonna have to do it again for our mom but the uh, the thing um, there's a woman who needed a vibrator surgically removed from her bladder and she's suing the company that Carol Radswell used so in Arizona this past month a woman wearing the Vesper necklace vibrator necklace by Crave which is the one famously promoted by Carol Radswell she wore it out to dinner with her boyfriend and decided to use it together upon returning home. Does that sound like a meal that you've ever had, Mom? No, yeah. not recently. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I've seen your jewelry. There doesn't seem to be any kind of nah. necklace. Yeah. So she states she was only using it only as intended, but she moved <laughs> only as intended. But I love the fact that she they wore it out probably knowing something was going to happen. Like, why do you yeah. wear that necklace? If, yeah. if you wear that necklace, you know something's going to happen. And you wear it out in public. That's where, but she, she doesn't real. she doesn't think we all know what it is. Like, you don't, but you know what I'm saying? You don't know that would be a, no, you know, like, right. cause I, you wouldn't I'd think you wouldn't, you know, but you wouldn't think somebody was wearing a vibrator necklace, no, right? No. Yeah. Like we were just at a restaurant. I didn't clock any, I didn't check anybody well, out for vibrator necklaces. That necklace I brought with no, me. I don't want to see any of your necklaces. Yeah. So she states she could only, she was only using it only as intended, but she moved and out of nowhere, she felt a really sharp pain. She could continue to feel it, but could not find the necklace cool. vibrator. And that's like, in, oh. in, in one of the Kardashian episodes, Kim lost a diamond earring. So this is kind of a similar thing, except it involves she a vibrator. There? No, in the oh. ocean. No. <laughs> He didn't lose it inside of her. No, no, she lost it in the ocean. Say, I'm just saying nobody likes when you lose jewelry. That's and right. I remember that. One. So this is a quote from the woman. The her, she says the first the first reaction was panic because I just lost something inside of me oh. that was still going off. Oh. 
Which, by the way, this is mo- this is kind of like what birth might be if you feel. No, no, no. <laughs> so she said, and then the reporter Brianna Whitney of Arizona, who you said you knew in the yeah. last interview, she, she asked, as a good reporter does, still vibrating. And the woman said, yes, still vibrating. The couple went to the ER shortly after, and despite multiple pelvic exams, staff could not find the source of the vibration until an x-ray was done, and it was found inside of her bladder. Like, that's how big is the bladder that a a Vesper necklace could slide right in there? The vibrator had somehow went through her urethra and up in her bladder. Mom, by the way, you love to tell people that I have a a thin line running through my urethra. Yeah, you do. You have a blood vessel. I have a blood vessel. Uh, By the way, I did tell the story on the podcast of when I jumped off the slide and broke my, you know, and the the blood from my urethra. Yeah, my urethra. So we have all urethra stories. So the the three urethra and up in her bladder lodging itself sideways and requiring surgical removal. The woman reports she plans on suing the company Crave for lack of warning since the small and narrow design is dangerous, especially with a detachable chain. Now, do you think she should sue the company? No. User knowledge or not. Yeah, you don't think she has the user knowledge. I don't think she and was paying attention. The thing that I thought was brilliant, you pointed out in the last interview that yeah, I'm making you do again. Why'd she remove the chain? Yeah, if she had the chain, there'd be something to yank it out. Yes. Which you were pointing out that's what a, a, a tampon, tampon yeah t- yeah let's a tampon um so so that's she got rid of the chain somewhere unless Dumb. the chains yeah so but you can't sue the company if that's no yeah you don't read the instructions and that's why you that's what you taught me always always read the instructions yes. uh so becky bailey you'll be back on the show on tuesday you're going to uh tom tom on saturday night and we're going to do a review of that and watch vanderpump rules right Ooh, can't wait okay cool say goodbye bye <laughs> bye that was my friend Eva Ward. I am still at the Burbank Airport waiting for my mom, so I figured why not record with my AirPods on my iPhone and let's see the magic of technology. Uh, wasn't that a fun conversation? I really dig her. I'm so uh, she's you know you, we all have those friends on Instagram that like now it's been a couple years and you like feel like you know them, you know their lives a little bit. You're you're you know there's so many people I keep up with on Instagram. Did I really like, it's like another form of reality shows for me. Like I, I will be like, Oh my God, what happened to that guy? That girl was dating or, Oh my God, that family's so cute. Oh, the baby's taking the first steps. Like I really, really, really enjoy it. And I, I, the only thing, like, I hope, like, I know I won't be able to meet all of these people. Like we won't be able to meet all of our internet friends, but there, there is that genuine thing of like, if heaven exists and I, I, you know, I hope some of the form of it does, I hope there's like a day where it's like, meet your internet friends. And that would be, I would like tear up. I'd be like, oh my God, there's you that I've been following for three years and you I've been following for two years. Um, you know, I think that's the most positive aspect of social media. Not, there's a lot of negative, but the most positive is sometimes you get to see, you get to meet the best people that you never would have met before. And that is sometimes a true blessing. So, um, Okay, so as we come to the end of the episode, there is a lot of stuff I wasn't able to cover. Um, I am going to tell you my Bailey blunder, and then I've got a news item. Ah, gosh, I want to do this news item, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to edit it to what it needs to be. So let me do the Bailey blunder and see where we're at. The deal is I got to edit this once my mom's here. So I got to make sure my mom goes to bed and then I got to edit and we're, it's really complicated, but it's like, I want to show my mom the best time because it's my mom and I love her and I have fun with her. So I want to show her the best time, but I also got to get this out. It's just a lot of scheduling because I have like a, I've told you, I guess I have a real job too that I've been at all day. So everything is just, it's just crazy. Like this podcast is kind of like my child 
and I'm trying to teach this uh, child to walk and it's just falling on its face a lot of the times. And I'm hoping, hoping it starts taking like solid steps that I do not have to be behind it the whole time. Um, so let me tell you my Bailey blunder. Now, let me remind you what a Bailey blunder is. It's just something where really I'm saying this in all honesty, it's something that I've done that is something that I've been really embarrassed about, something that I've done idiotic, something that I, that has stuck with me that I don't necessarily know the answers to just something that I've been somewhat embarrassed by that I just didn't, wasn't as cool as I wanted to be. And unfortunately, a lot of those stories involve, you know, love, um, love or romance or, or hooking up just like those, those weird growing pain moments that I had. Now this one is, it's a tiny one, but it's, it's a, so, okay. So I, you guys know about my seven year ex. And so there was like that period of time before I met, uh, you know, I met, um, my, my next long-term, uh, girlfriend and, I wasn't a dater. I mean, this is, you guys got to remember, this is before apps or like, you know, I think we had match.com and stuff, but like, you know, farmers only, but I wasn't going to do anything like that. So I remember I used to work at this, um, improv Olympic. It was like a, you know, improvisation, uh, club like second city or the Groundlands or UCB. And I, I used to work there and I remember this girl came in and she was British and I, I think I took her ticket or something and she was like, da, 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 and I said something and I fired off like a quick re- retort and she laughed. She's like, yo, funny. And I guys, you know, I can't do accents, but she's like, you like, I, I sounded like the guy from B-52s red roof, rusted love shack, baby love shack. Um, that's my British accent. Love shack, baby. Um, so anyways, uh, she said something and, and then, and then she, she came back later and she's like, Hey, can I have your number? Let's go out. She's like, Hey, can I have your number? Let's go out. And I was like, Whoa, okay. And you know, so I was probably like 24 at the time, 25 maybe, but I didn't know. I didn't like, it wasn't like girls were coming up to me all the time. Like, I think this might've been one of the first girls that ever come up to me to ever approach me. So I was like, Whoa. And this was right around the time like Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 12 was coming out or one of the Ocean's movies. And she was like, I'm going to this premiere party and maybe you can come up to I, I can't do the accent. And she's like, maybe you can meet afterwards. And I was like, whoa. And so I I went to the end of the premiere of it. Like, you know, when everybody's like just on their way out, I got in and we had a really good time. And then my buddy was throwing like a house party. And this was back in the day when you just had like a shitty job. And it was like your days or nights were your nights. Like you worked your shitty job. And then you went and had your own life. You didn't really have responsibilities. You know, you, you paid your bills. You, had, you lived in your shitty apartment. That was it. And I took her there. And I remember I was still smoking at the time. And I, she said something about smoking. And I said, hey. I said, and this was like, I thought this was a cool guy line. I said, hey. My parents didn't raise a quitter. She was like, why don't you quit? And I was like, my parents didn't raise a quitter. And she really found that that was funny. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I nailed it with that line. Congratulations, Ryan. You just nailed it with that line. Uh, by the way, smoking is a disgusting habit. Do not, you know, quit it. It's like, I still miss it, but it's disgust. It really is disgusting. I do miss it every day. Um, so we're there at the party. Everything's going good. And, um, <laughs> Okay, so she, so we had a good time. Like, and I think maybe we, uh, maybe kissed, but not, nothing crazy, nothing crazy at all. And 
we made a plan the next day or like the day after to go down to Venice Beach and like have breakfast there. Okay. And I'd pick her up and we'd go, you know, but the thing is, I only had, I think, $60 to my name, $60. And so it was a real budget crunch because I didn't want her to know I didn't have any money, but I also needed to make sure I had enough money to show her a decent time. So it's like breakfast. Okay. So I budgeted for breakfast. So I was like, okay, this is back like a long time ago. So it was like $40 maybe should be like, cause we weren't drinking, I don't think. And so we do the breakfast and it's good. Everything's great. And then, okay. So then on McVenice, there's all like, you know, like kind of like artists and like, they're all like kind of asking for money and selling their wares. And there was a guy named Roland Jimmy and he was on roller skates and he wore like a white like outfit and a turban and he had like this little guitar and he was called Roland Jimmy. He'd come up to you and be like, like this weird electronic guitar. Like he's in a Janet Jackson music video. He was like kind of a famous LA. He's probably still around, but he was a kind of a famous dude in that sense. So I, uh, so all of a sudden we're walking down Venice and he like rolls up to us and I'm like, Whoa, Hey, Roland Jimmy, you know, and I'm explaining, Oh, this guy. And he's like following us. He's like, you know, and I'm like, Oh, ha, ha. you know, and he's like, buy my CD, buy my CD. And it was, it was really easy. I was like, Oh, and you know, first time I didn't have the money for the CD. Like it was like $15, like back then, like CDs cost money. And, um, Oh, kids, CD was like a compact disc. It's before MP3s. You've seen them. They're circular. So I was like, Haha, I, and me, I, I was like, I would, but I only have a debit card on me, you know? So I was like, oh, he'll understand I have no cash. So that way I look like I'm cool to this girl. Like, hey, I would have, but I only have debit. I don't carry cash. I'm not that guy. And this guy, Roland Jimmy, Flippin' takes out a portable credit card machine with wireless satellite thing that can flippin' this guy who I thought was like 10 steps away from being homeless literally pulls out a flipping credit card machine that you can swipe credit cards with. And now I'm like, fuck, rolling Jimmy with the... I'm like, I'm trapped. And then she's like, ah, oh, CD, you know, like, <laughs> buy me a CD. Um, and I'm like, okay, okay. And I know, I know what's about to happen. So I give the man my, um, my credit card, my debit card, and, uh, it declines. It declines on Roland Jimmy's credit card machine. And he's like, sorry, my man, it's declined. Can I see another credit card? I'm like, I don't have another credit card. I'm so sorry. And, and I'm like, you know, that's technology. It's that, it's that stupid technology. Like I just, and, and it was so embarrassing. I think she knew I was broke and I just, it was like one of those things where it's like, you're having a good time and it kind of just said something weird happens. And then she, I think she could tell I'm like bummed out. <laughs> and I'm okay. This, this is the last part I remember. She lived in like that Santa Monica area and I, I dropped her off. And I remember we were, it was like daylight and we were, <laughs> we were making out and like lightly, nothing crazy. And I, oh, and I, I, I kissed her with my eyes open. So, cause in my head, I was like, 
whoa, I can't believe I'm making out. Like, that's cool. I want to see this. Like, that's cool. You know, not realizing that that's not cool. Like, so she, she opened her eyes and she literally was like, why are you staring? Why are you staring at me? And I was like, because I'm an idiot. Because I'm an idiot. And I'm an idiot. And then it was one of those things where it's like, I remember, like, she never, like, we never talked again. And it was so, like, I didn't know, I didn't know, like, in my head, I was like, well, cool. I wonder if this is the next love of my life. Like, I just had no sense of relationships back then, of how they really, really worked, of what wasn't attractive to somebody, what was. And, you know, even with all that, I was like, yeah, pretty good date. Pretty good date. And I, I just obviously don't, don't think she felt that way, but I just thought that was so funny. So kids, boys, girls, never lie on your dates. I mean, don't go out of your way to say you're poor, but you know, don't like, don't try to like sneak, like just if you don't have something, you don't have it. Don't try to, don't, you know, just tell the CD man not to buy the CD. And that is my Bailey blunder of the week. Um, you guys, as always, thank you so much. I know this is a weird pesty show and I know, uh, these are long and I know there's so many a week and, and there's a lot to, there's a lot of entertainment out there. So thank you for making time for this piece of entertainment. That really does matter to me. And I really don't take that lightly. I really, really, really don't take this lightly because this is something I want to continue doing for a very long time. So I, I really, it's all about getting better. So. Please email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Follow us at Instagram at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Uh, you can follow my personals at Ryan Bailey25 if you're so inclined. And um, so I've been doing sad songs at the end of the show. And this time I don't. We're going to do a so glad it's good, not so bad it's good. No, so not a so sad it's good, it's so glad it's good. Um, so this song is just one of those pump up songs. It makes me feel good when I listen to it. It's been out for like 13 or 14 years and it's still like, it's just a jam. It is a groove. It is a dance. Uh, it is the, the chemical brothers, uh, a DJ, two DJs from England and Q-Tip, the rapper Q-Tip from a tribe called quest does the, uh, the rap on this and it's called galvanize. And I'm sorry. When you hear this, I just think it is like, bow, bow, bow. It is like, and guys, it is the weekend. It is our time to have fun, to cut loose. So I don't want to end it sad right now. We'll go back to sad on Tuesday, but I want to be happy. My mom's coming in. We got great things to look forward to. Uh, we survived the week. So this is galvanized by the Chemical Brothers. I love you guys, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Goodbye.
you may stumble, trip up, fall on your face. Don't hold back. We think it's time you get up. Crunch time, back and sit up, the monkey face. Don't hold back. Put apprehension on the back burner, let it sit. Don't even get it lit. Don't hold back. Get involved with the jam, don't be a prick. Hot chick, be a pig. Don't hold back. The world, you're holding back. The time has come to.
Batches.